This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Frist Van listeners, and welcome to episode 71 of the Radio Frist Van podcast, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael. I got my two co hosts here. Go ahead and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, guys? And back from his one episode hiatus, we have Scott. Go ahead and say what's going on, Scott. Well, for one, I was on last episode. Thanks for remembering <laughs> oh, that. Oh, shit. But what's going on, guys? My unremarkable presence is, <laughs> is here. Well, son of a bitch. So we are rocking three again this week. So we are missing uh, Derek, a.k.a. Ph.D. Um, wow, what do, you, do you feel underappreciated because you forget he's on episodes? <laughs> is that what it was? Maybe, maybe that's what happened. Maybe. Makes sense. No, when when do I get a vacation day? Fuck, I should have seniority. I should have weeks on these guys. Yeah, you, you got could, a day. You got yeah, you, didn't you? You got like what episode <laughs> where you? Where nope. I threw a fit and stormed off, took <laughs> yeah. my ball. And went. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I forgot about that. I forgot about the eighth edition, <laughs> like the eighth edition change. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan actually recorded on vacation one time. That was a. That was real life. I've done that a couple times. Yeah, Ryan don't give a fuck. Ryan will be here. Doesn't work. I've done it in the backseat of a car on the way back from like a family outing. Remember that? I had my mother-in-law and wife in the car. Yeah. I've done it on vacation in Iceland. Um, Yeah. I've done it different. I did it on my vacation in Texas for Stiff. Yeah. Ryan's never fucked I would never do that. You have a lot more commitment than me. (laughs) (laughs) Scott and Derek get tummy aches and (laughs) shut the whole thing down. (laughs) (laughs) On our Dark Age podcast uh, this week, we just replaced Chris Duncan with my wife and just told everybody that Chris Duncan had a cold, so he sounded different and just had my wife on. (laughs) Thank God. That sounds great. Do you... uh, Did she know anything about Dark Age? (laughs) How did that work out? She plays plays Dark Age? Yeah. Does she paint, or do you give her an yes. army to paint? Yeah. Yes, yes she's got shadow cast, Dragiri. Oh my goodness! Can you we uh, can we get some pictures of those posted up so that? Why? Didn't, how have you gotten her into Dark Age, but not a thirty k? Because Dark Age requires six models, and thirty k <laughs> six models would be like half a squad. Yeah, <laughs> you are getting nowhere with six bottles at thirty k. You're just unless they're six times. You're, you're playing Imperial Knights, I guess. There you go, <laughs> Emily. I know you're listening right now because apparently you listen to this podcast now. But uh, we can get you some knights. <laughs> we'll get you some. We'll, we'll get you some knights in there. Don't you worry about that. They're big she models, easy to she paint. Won't play, she won't play thirty k. I've tried her fucking eyes gloss over, but she likes Dark Age. So we'll get you some Warhound Titans, Emily. Don't you worry. He played it in a. She she just played in a Dark Age event at Nova on her own. Went one and one. Ooh. Two round event. Oh my goodness. Nope. Had no idea about this Dark Age greatness that's going on. Just accepting anybody in. 
It's beautiful. Yep. It's a beautiful time. My tongue is a little bit messing up right now because uh, I've got some game color bloody red on it. <laughs> it's a little, little tingy, a little tingy. It does not taste very good. No, it doesn't taste very good, and it, like it, it completely makes all of your uh, your taste buds just quit. So I've got this like yep. it feels like a. It goes away. It goes away. Back in the day when they had the the paint pots that were like the shape of shotgun shells, they um, there was a purple that had a warning on it that you couldn't lick your brush if you had that purple on it because it was toxic. It was the only paint in the line that was toxic. I forget what it was, but someone out there knows. Someone out there <laughs> went fucking night blind after looking at their <laughs> brush. And... <laughs> it's like dr- drinking bad moonshine. Your fucking just eyes go bad. It's a thing, Mom. man. Mom. <laughs> Mom, I can't see. <laughs> like, could you imagine having a like having your child blinded from this purple paint? What what paint line was that? Uh, it was Citadel. Yeah, it was like the only toxic paint they ever made, and it was purple. And I don't know why it was like special, like why it had to be toxic. And nothing else was, but it was. I remember. <laughs> and it was made from like some, uh, uh, some what do you call it? Um, what's that? What's that puffer fish that, oh. <laughs> like, that poisons you? <laughs> Fucking Chinese robe paint in there, I guess. What are yeah. you? What are you showing up to the camera there, Ryan? It's a dead Robo Man with crystals growing out of him. Please enlighten us where you got those crystals from. Actually, hold on before we get into this because I need to know about them crystals. Let me go and let everybody know what they're getting into this episode. So, okay. for starters, everybody, we're gonna go through this normal intro hobby progress like we always do. So you'll get to get hear how we're doing, you'll get to see what we're working on, everything like that. All right, then we're going to go, we're going to remind you all and let you guys know where we're at on these rapier battery stories. Uh, Y'all have been submitting those in. We've been getting them in. Uh, I'm thinking we're going to have to make like a book out of this because we've been getting a lot of these entries. They're all badass. It's going to be very difficult to pick the winner. We will re-go over the rules on how to enter this rapier battery contest once we get to that portion. Uh, Then we're going to go over some voicemails. We do have a industrial accident story uh, that we're going to have to listen to. I just want to prep y'all on the voicemails before we get into them for real. Um, you know what? We'll talk about it when we get to the voicemails. Uh, then we want to go ahead and recognize probably one of the first individuals that will be receiving one of the infamous closer patches. Uh, we want to recognize James Dean, uh, sick, sick alpha legion squats. Uh, army that he's going to have uh what's that yes right that the called? same james sacrificial dean. offering sacrificial is offering. that the same james dean that used to sling dick for a living on the internet or is that a different one uh probably the same one. one ah good i hope it is oh well no because the, the one that the porno guy's from the united states this guy's from england ah well he could be the english version yeah there you go isn't that dan porter though yeah shit <laughs> Dan Porter does have that market cornered, man. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Dan Porter's like Luke Rockhold. Like the only reason you have a girlfriend is because he didn't get there yet. Thank Christ. Yeah. God, we we need a Dan Porter story. Hint, hint. We need a shirt. We need a shirt that says that says if you have a girlfriend, it's just because she hasn't met Dan Porter yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he can only it's, if you have a girlfriend, it's because Dan Porter can only be at one place at a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. I mean, we can. That's easy. Like the whole shirt making game. Like if y'all don't know out there, we have a spread shirt. If you go to spread shirt, you can go to Radio Frist Vine. You can find all of our shirts on there. Uh, but we can we do we can make shirts. That's no big deal. Like we can make shirts with anything we want on them. Like as soon as uh, um, another good one would be one with fucking Troy quotes on it. Just crazy shit that Troy said. Just random, yeah. no context. Just say, <laughs> just have quotations with like shit Troy says. Just just craziness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. ah! I don't Sorry. know. He, he doesn't really. Look. He doesn't really quote so much as like throws up random links in the Patreon chat. Like, like you know, just you know who pictures. he reminds me of? You know that MMA referee that has that handlebar mustache, but it's a fucking mustache that's braided all the way down to his knees? Yep. You know who I'm talking about? Yep. That's Troy, it's red, he's got red. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, well, all right. So we'll have to find some sort of quotes. We need to find some, like, like we, we probably need to get into the shirt game, like turn certain things that are like Warhammer related into shirts. I think we'd be, I think we'd be in business. So once we'll start a new thing where we just like write shit down. We're also up for suggestions for all of y'all listening out there. Like, I have the perfect shirt idea for some Warhammer 30k related content. Let us know. We can like, w- with Spreadshirt existing, like you just submit a design, say I want this on a shirt, and they go, okay, cool. If somebody orders it, we'll print it. So I want one with Tim and Michael's face uh, on the bodies of the. The uh, hot chicks from Mad Max Fury Road, and they're saying who killed the old world, and then it's fucking Immortan Joe with Games Workshop's image over the face saying I did. <laughs> 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 I can make a meme. I don't know if that'd be a great shirt, but I'll. I'll I mean, we could. <laughs> He's on it right now. I'm yeah, furiously. A, it'll be done. It'll be done and away on his phone. <laughs> yeah. You just wait, boys. So anyway, so James Dean, Alpha Legion Squats Army, we're going to go and talk about it and uh, definitely post some pictures of it up. Uh, then we have a Space Wolf 2,500 point orbital assault list that Ryan wrote up and a White Scars 2,500 Chagorn Brotherhood list that needs to be discussed. So who wants to start off with Hobby Progress? Who wants to push this one off the rails? Scott. Scott. Mine? My hobby progress. Your well, hobby progress. My hobby and progress. Just how you're doing this week? Like, what what have you accomplished? Well, I'm doing me fucking. I have not accomplished a whole lot, but I am prepared for of the moment next weekend. All right, I got my Iron Warriors packed up for Ryan's event, and uh, getting ready to head up there, man. And then after that, it's a pretty quick turnaround for when I'm gonna head up to Lansing, Michigan, and go to the Michigan GT with a buddy of mine, Wes, and me, Ryan, and Jeff, and all those guys up there that put that event on, so that should be a pretty good time. That sounds like you're going to have a great old time. I've never heard of a Ryan Kimmel event that wasn't a good old time. Ryan, right. why don't you let us know about your event? Like, Why don't you tell us uh, some of the rules you're running, some of the stuff you put together? Like, People are always um, so, sending us messages so I'm, about running events. I'm kind of just hosting this. My buddy Nick is really kind of writing the rules and stuff. Now, we did like kind of collab on the overarching theme. So the theme of this is you. it's just two 3,000-point games. So it's just a two-round event. It's just two 3,000-point games. 
you can bring as many lists, many pre-written lists as you want. So if you want to pre-write 100 lists, whatever, doesn't matter. So once you get matched up with your opponent and you sit down at whatever table and you both see what missions that you get, you both get to pick your lists then and there to try to make sure that everybody has a good game. And we try to do it that way because with like a lot of people want to play custodes now, a lot of people want to play knights, shit like that. This ensures that, you know, if somebody wants to play their knights, they don't get shamed for being whack because if the person did their due diligence, they could have, you know, all they had to do is write a list that didn't have a, like swarms of bolter guys in it so they could fight a knight player if they had to type of thing. And it also allows the knight player to bring his knights, and if he can find a game where somebody wants to play against knights, like, hey, I want to play my knights, does anybody want to play against it? And if no one volunteers because nobody's just interested at all in playing knights, he can just go, okay, well, that's cool, I'll play this other army that I brought. <laughs> and, like, do you really want to play the person? It's like, fuck yeah, I'll play your knights. I def- I got a list for these knights. I don't, like... Well, I'm <laughs> like I was talking... Like, it's not so that you can just take nothing but combi melt of vets and fucking drop pods either. Like, that's just reversing the scenario that you had before. The idea behind it is so that you can sit down with pre-written list and kind of like, these are the three or four lists that I wrote. These are the three or four lists that my opponent has. And you can both kind of look over them together and go, I think this would be a good matchup and fun for this mission. That type of thing. I get you. Okay. I figure somebody be running around with a whole bunch of combi melt events. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my night list. But I mean, they can. That's not really the point of it. That's kind of, you know what I mean? Like, because once again, like, if you say, well, I see that you brought knights. I'm going to run all these combi melted guys. The knight guy could just go, well, if you're just going to do that, I'll just switch to my other army that's just normal dudes. <laughs> just never that type mind. of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So knight. it's like, it, there's really no point in doing that. Like, that you're. You know, if you're like, I'm going to be a dick and do this, then the other guy can just be like, okay, well, you know, that kind of thing. So that's kind of the idea behind it. So if you want to bring something harsh, it allows people, if they want to bring something harsh, it's it's a little more open to it because the other person can bring more of a little bit tailored list to kind of deal with something like that. And hopefully both players are happy with the outcome. I get it. I get it. And it's so, 3,000 so points the, the, two games. <clears throat> Yep, and then the other uh, the other kind of gimmick is you're going to have two generals, one on each side. So, like, say Scott and me were playing a game. One general would... Uh, my general would come over and give me my mission. Like, he would... Like, he has a stack of different missions, and they're, they're all unique, and you can only use um, one per... Like, once one's used, it can't be used again. So you have to be careful on which mission you give to who and what their matchup is. And then the other guy's general is going to do the same thing. Which Scott remembers, we kind of did that in Michigan for the first event we went yep. to up there. Yep, I remember. Yeah, so it's similar to that. So how many people are, are playing in it? I don't know. How many missions do you have prepared to burn off? Uh, 20. Because we only have 10 tables, so the maximum amount of games we can have is... 20. Uh, 20. So we did... Uh, I think we just did 10... Maybe we did... 10 missions and then they're just gonna like uh you can use them once per round but you can't assign the same mission twice in a round or something like that i don't remember i think that's what we did no shit okay so i Um, show up i have my let's say my blood angels and my knights list right i meet my general he says all right you got two games you're gonna play first game i want you 
this is your mission because you have blood angels. If you right. want to play this mission with your blood angels, you can. Yep. And then I go to that mission, that table, and then does somebody it's like, I want to play your blood angels with my Emperor's children. Yep. And then they get to play their Emperor's children list and like, oh, wait, you got a whole bunch of Leviathans and Dreadnoughts? Hold on. That's not going to be fun for me because all I have is Phoenix Guard and Phoenix Terminators. Or, I'm sorry, not Phoenix Guard. Uh, uh, whatever. Anyway, I've got a Palatine bunch of... Palatine Blades. Palatine Blades. I went fucking straight up high elf on that one. And it's like, that won't be fun. Let me go ahead and bust out my uh, Iron Warriors list if I'm going to oh, play your You can't blade. do that. You can't change factions unless you bring a Knight's list. Oh. That's the only time we're allowing you to change factions. Okay. So then you say, all right, well, I'm going to take my uh, Hidden Blade list, my Land Speeder. Yep. You fucking... could take my Armored Breakthrough Emperor's Children list as opposed to my, you know, one with a bunch of infantry in it or whatever. Okay. Okay. And then I could go, well, if you're going to take that, let me up the ante and take my Imperial Knights. And they go, okay, I want to see if I can fight this Imperial Knight list. Yep. You can do that. That's an interesting, interesting concept, Ryan. Kind of, it's very similar to the way Tim and Michael do it over at Geigenhive, but with structure. Like, because theirs is like no rounds, no rules, um, like no rules, no whatever. Which I, I don't have a problem with that, but I have a problem with that running an event at my place because that's just every other Saturday weekend game night. That's all that that is. So I can't make it special and say, "Hey, it's an event." If we're just doing what we do every fucking Saturday, so. I have to do something different to that. I get it. Okay. Understandable. That sounds like But that. I don't... I, I like this concept of letting people write, bring as many lists as they want. We did this for our last event, and people seem to like it. Um, like I said, if you, uh, if you don't do that, people end up doing one of two things. They go, well, I'm sick of getting my dick kicked off by Custodes, so in case I play Custodes, I'm going to bring this like really hard list. And then they show up and they don't play any Custodes players and they just beat on the fucking guy who brought Militia that was like foot-slogging Militia that just took normal Providences that just wanted to have fun. And then it wasn't <laughs> a good game for either player. Like, that kind of thing happens. So this allows you to go, oh, well, this guy isn't a Custodes player. Let me dial this down. I'll, I'll take this version of the list. It'll be more fun. It'll be a much better game. No, I understand. That's a that's a very I like the way you're approaching it. Like I do like that you know you're gonna have this like uh, this sideboard list that you're gonna be able to take out. You know, like some some Magic the Gathering style sideboard. Like I'm gonna go ahead and take this instead of this because now I'm playing Custodes. Uh, right. Have you was the last was the last event you ran like that, or is this the first yes. time you're trying it out? Okay, how'd it go? Nope. Last time? We've done it before. It was fine. Everybody liked it. Everybody liked to be able to... Uh, I mean, a lot of people still just brought one list. They didn't really care, which is fine. Like, there's no That's reason not doing. to. I'm just bringing yeah. one. <laughs> so. Right. But, it, I mean, the option's there. And, and I feel like it's one of those things, like, if you do get... Like, if you only bring one list and you have to play Night Guy or you play Custodes Guy, it's like, well, you know, you could have wrote a different list. Like, there's really no whining about it. You knew going in, like, that kind of thing. And it's... Like I said, it goes both ways. It's not just so people can take anti-custodes things it's so people can bring custodes and feel a little bit more non-self-conscious about like because maybe they just want to play custodes you know what i mean and they're just sick of hearing everybody whining about oh my god i'm whatever 
So now they can bring their custodes and people know, oh, well, there's the custodes guy. I'm going to take my harshest shit. And the custodes guy's like, all right, bring it on. This is what I'm here for. So really, like, these people should be, like, the way it sounds, it's kind of like it's kind of set up. It's set up. You bring your normal army and then you bring, like, an anti-custodes list. Like, a, uh, like you bring a... Well, I got a I got a plan B for if I run into a custodes player. I actually have a can of bear mace in my army case, <laughs> so got something for you, fucker. I guarantee you did metaphor. It's like okay, it's, <laughs> go ahead and it's roll. It's just to take the pressure. Off. It's it's just to take the pressure off the players so they can bring what they want. It's you're not gonna have any of the mumbling. Oh my god, this guy brought knights. What a dick! Or this guy brought whatever. What a dick! Because. There's no reason to be that way because you had the opportunity to bring something that you could pair up against that if you wanted to. Yep. Gotcha. Or you could take a can of bear mace and whenever they're rolling with CZ initiative, you That's right. You fucking Bear Mace and leg kicks. That's what you're <laughs> fucking getting. Oh, this, <laughs> this is such a small room for all this mace. It got everyone. Everybody's getting it. Bear, like, bear face and like got a can of that. Do you ever watch the show Dog the Bounty Hunter where oh, he yeah. had a can of bear mace that looked like a caulk gun? Yeah, that's what I got. And I'm fucking hit with that. <laughs> it's funny you brought up mace. I don't know if they left the voicemail or not, but Duncan Kendall called me the other day and told me a horror story about OC spray in oh, prison, and he's yeah. supposedly supposed to. Uh, call and leave a voice message about this incident that they had because he's the prison guard supervisor and they had an incident involving like OC spray. That's like 20, the 20% content shit or like the, like the super beyond like military grade shouldn't probably ever even really be used (laughs) on stuff. Just kerosene. Kerosene Yeah. (laughs) It's literally kerosene. That's already been lit on fire that you're being sprayed with. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm pretty excited to see how the event goes. Um, we got a lot of people coming. I Samson and uh, Homeless Joe are coming up from Tennessee. Uh, Homeless Joe. <laughs> uh, the two the two Detroit Daves are coming down from Michigan. Um, I think I I don't know how many of the other Michigan GT guys are coming. Tom uh, Holland dragging his happy ass down. Nah, he he's getting married. Uh, I think it's too close ah, to his fuck wedding. Fuck that! Don't yeah, do it for one. For one, don't do that. For two, <laughs> you should have planned around bit. the event. <laughs> you lost your goddamn mind, Jesus. Um, I know you didn't go last time, but uh, Chris, the guy that we met up there last time that had just retired out of the army, who's really cool. Or no, he's is he Marine? I'm getting this wrong, and he's gonna be pissed. Maybe it's Marines. God, Marines damn it. or Army? <laughs> Whatever. Do you That's eat crayons or do you eat paint chips? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, Chris is coming down uh, too, which is cool. Um, so, and then John Stanford, powerful John Stanford, is coming from Texas and barring one of my armies wow. and playing too. How's it? So what? he's just we're gonna have up, just showing up. The, yep, the I guess master he's got a business. He's himself. got a yes. He, I guess he's doing something for work in this area, and he was already going to be in this area, so he decided to stay like an extra day or two and just you know take the day. And he's gonna swing by and borrow an army and play in the event. Powerful John Stanford, the master fabricator general. He is powerful, man. That dude plays no games. Are you serious? Yep. So I'm thinking somewhere we need to get everybody. Like, we probably need to get a Facebook group together called, like, 30K Event Organizers or something like that. Or, like, 
maybe a cooler name than that. Probably like Lightning, Badass, something. I don't know. We'll have to come up with a better name. And then we'll like pull like Tim Michael. We'll pull some of the Graying Legion guys. We'll pull like Eric Evans or Evans. We'll pull Jim Jeff Crowley. We'll pull powerful John Stanford and Sean Christensen. And like we'll just get all these thirty K event organizers together and build up like some sort of method of running an event that has worked for everybody because we've all tried things that don't work we've tried things that do work and if we like just somehow pull together a just like a standard protocol if you want to run an event have this this and this and that way kind of across the board everybody understands that fucking works because like you know we like you know we've run events that are you know three games 2500 points and then like now we're tailoring back to two games at 3,000 points. And, like, that's kind of, like, across the board. If it's going to be one day, you're going to do two games at 3,000 points. And then it seems like, you know, the whole – the Adepticon standard kind of set these, like, generals to run the event on both sides. But then you realize once you hit X number of players, it really starts falling apart. And, like, it's very difficult to handle that stuff. And so I, I think we should probably just, like – get together and try and like standardize an event for people and then we can all share our well, it doesn't have to be standardized I, I like that things are different because you get different experiences at different events but i like the idea of just pooling a bunch of resources and just throwing ideas out there so people want to take bits and pieces or whatever to you know custom their that could know, also make event. it easier to get access to past like uh mission packs and exactly past event packs because yeah yep. like everyone's how often... always asking for like What'd you guys do? I'm like, well, here's this motherfucker. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, especially, especially <laughs> the mission packs and like the primer and all that stuff. Like so many people shoot us messages like, Hey, can we get the primer from stiff or can we get the missions from stiff? Can we get the FAQ from stiff? It's like, here it is. Here it is. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. There's something, something you can do through Google, like Google plus where you can share files like that within a group. Yeah. Like, Google Docs. I have to use it for school. Yeah, yeah, there we go. So we could we could create like a Google Doc group or we just upload our our stuff to that. Yeah, man, like yeah. if I hadn't have gone to that Dallas event and like learned about John's badass missions that he had going on, we would have never known about like the the moving table and all that stuff that would have never came to stiff. Like it would have just been like a Dallas only thing. Like there's so many like, so many mission ideas and things like that that we we steal from each other and just like if we could get all that centralized or we all had like missions that we could pull from here's like because could you imagine like right now if we were to dump all the missions from everybody that's running events like out the gate I'm pretty sure Ryan's probably sitting on like 50 different missions out there <laughs> that like I'm close and so, I wrote 30 some for that one event that's what I'm saying like you yeah and you got 20 this week so. You know, we, we've got different, probably, probably like 40 something missions just from stiff, stiff two and stiff three had, I don't know. We, I don't probably like 30 something missions. And then you look at Tim and Michael's missions and then you look at like powerful John's missions and stuff like that. And I mean, we could, we could, we're probably sitting on probably like 200 missions if we were to pull just the people that we know that run events together. 
and then we could classify them. It's like, hey, if you're looking for a a mission where it's like sneaky and all this stuff, and well, let me on to something. This might be. We'll just we'll start by creating the group, and we'll see what happens, and we'll see what works and what doesn't work. If we could have a list of shit that didn't work, I think that'd be better than just like a list of shit that does work. Yep. And also if we could like invent some way to make fucking players read the players pack or even watch fucking videos and nope. film videos. Or... Nope. <laughs> if we could somehow just like take this pill and you understand how this event's going to be run. If we could somehow take your medication the night before, they still wouldn't take it. <laughs> It's like here, this uh, this pill will make you understand every mission we offer. Okay, cool. Did you, did you take it last night like you were supposed to? Nah, man, I forgot. Son of a bitch. Ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. But that was my hobby progress. That spun out. It uh, spun out of control rapidly. Yeah. That's, that's about it. I'm in a good place where uh, all my shit's painted, man. I got three armies of about five thousand points worth of stuff, so. I have one loyalist, one traitor, and one neutral, so I can kind of take whatever I want whenever. So, I'm um, I'm enjoying the relaxation. That sounds like a that. gold level closer. That does sound right? exactly like a gold level closer. So, I'm fucking Scott might be the first fucking. gold level. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I can't. We can't bestow that title to Scott before Ryan. Yeah, it was odd. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, man, that's me. So, dig it. So, at you, Ryan, what's your hobby progress look like? I'm assuming it has something to do with Oath of the Moment. Um, yeah, I set up all the tables for the event tomorrow, um, except or tomorrow for this coming weekend. I was like, holy shit! Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah. fuck! So, I gotta, I gotta I'll, see him class tomorrow. Shit! Yeah. <laughs> so we got all the tables set up for that uh uh nick came over yesterday and so did our, our friend jacob and uh us three tore everything down rearranged all the tables and got all the tables set up i've been working more on my big factory board i got in five more sets of the shadow war armageddon terrain um the gav malnick abundus grav vent whatever the fuck it is the 75 dollar one that has the most catwalks gotcha. um grav abundus. I, I got fu- i got fu- yeah, I got five of those in, and then one of the Ferronic reactor thing. It's the one that has the fat barrel piece of on the sprue, and then the the straight catwalk. Ferabundus, so, got it. Yeah, the Ferabundus. So <laughs> they they name those things, uh, you know, shit that's super easy to remember. So anyway, I got those six super, boxes of that Shadow War trademarkable names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. You had to take it there. Um, so I got six more boxes of that shit in, started putting that. Um, I built a custom Proteus Land Raider for my militia army. Um, it's definitely quite a Frankenstein of a tank. Everybody seems to like it. Um, I talked to Maka from Outer Circle. Uh, he wasn't a fan of the turret, and then he made me self-conscious about the turret. The more I looked at the turret, I was like, I'm not so sure about this thing either. So... <laughs> I'm going to try to convert up a Chimera turret because Chimera turrets are real skinny. They're like real low profile yep. and they're more angular 
like the rest of the tank. So I think if I take a Chimera turret and just put the last cannons on that, it might look better. Um, but we'll try it out. Like it doesn't hurt to build the turret and um, throw it on there and see what it looks like. And if it doesn't, if I don't like it, I can always just go back to the original one. It's literally, it's not glued on. It's literally just pull it off and throw the other one on. And he's talking um, about the top turret on that one. Yes. Like, so, you know, how Land Raider Proteus has the sponsons and then it's got the little hole mounted turret in the front that just shoots 45 to the front. Yes. So that's the one I'm talking about. It's the one that's on top. So the tank that I have has a literal turret that sits on top as opposed to like that recessed alcove thing. Now, when I play it in game, I'm only going to play it as if it has a 45 degree arc, even though it kind of does spin 360. But what I'm trying to do is get the lowest profile turret possible so that it fits more in line with how the model is supposed to look. Gotcha. And are, so are you going so, to pop off a, like a Chimera turret? Or? Yeah, I have I have a fucking box full of Chimera turrets. So I'll just pull one of those out and clip the gun off and put a twin link last cannon on it and um, put a... I'll have to make my own custom turret ring to f- uh, to fit the little recessed hole that comes in the ramshackle kit, and I'll throw that on there and see what that looks like. It'll take, like, fucking 20 minutes. It won't take long. Um, I was going to ask you, like, you have never, ever, ever, in the history that I've known you, ever put three last cannons on anybody's list <laughs> for Proteus. And now, all of a sudden, your Proteus is rocking three last cannons. Um, I just wanted to convert it. I don't necessarily think it's good. Okay. I wanted to, I wanted to see if like maybe you knew something that we didn't with militia. Personally. No. No, it's just I think it'll look cool. Um, it does. Oh yeah. So, I don't. It. I mean, it'll be okay. It's one of those things. The problem is, if you move a land raider, so if you move it, you can fire two last cannons. So I always factor in. I I probably want to at least move it six inches. So if I move at six, I'll be able to fire my two last cannons. So there's really no point in even upgrading because a Proteus comes with only the two last cannons unless you want to upgrade to the heavy bolter. So a if you're looking for every bit of points efficiency, you should probably just leave well enough alone and not even put more weapons on it. Just take a Proteus, give it Ceramite and Dozer Blade, call it good. Um, but I had extra points and was like, eh, I'll just throw these on there. It'll look cool. Fucking go to town. Go to town with some Proteid last cannons. Okay. I had to bring it up because uh, something I and didn't it's, notice. And it's one of those things that just really depends, like, when you build a list. Like, if I'd have got to the end of the list and was like, man, if I'd have had, um, you know, like, 40... Like, if I if I could find 40 points in this list, I could really take this really cool thing. Well, then I could have taken them out. And then you also got to be honest with yourself about... Um, like your skill level. So like if you're somebody who doesn't play very often, you're not great. You probably shouldn't be running three destroyer squads because you can't get away with that. Um, if you play all the time and you seem to win a majority of your games, um, and, and you consider yourself a skilled player, you can throw a little bit more bullshit in your list and get away with it. A few more, a few more assault troops, a few more assault squads. Uh, you know, few more destroyers. Yeah. Play squads. some of the more more challenging yeah. rides of war, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Ch- the challenging units. So that's the other thing. When people got to keep in mind when I write lists for this show, I don't know these people. Like people are just writing in lists saying, "Hey, what do you?" 
So they may be the best player in the world. They may be the worst player in the world. So I basically write them. I try to make it as efficient as possible just to hedge my bets. It's up to them. You know, it's one, like one of those things that it's, it's a worse problem to have to go, oh, this list is too good. I need to back it down. Then this Ryan Kimmel guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He told me to take this and it sucks. And I spent $80 on this kit and I hate it. <laughs> Someone's getting anthrax in the mail. <laughs> yeah. So somebody's getting uh, and, and you got to also think I'm playing with the house's money when I write somebody else's list cuz if I write somebody a list and they run out and buy that shit, you know, I I I really want to make it good so that they they like it that it's a good purchase. I don't want to say, "Oh, well, you know, go out and buy these fucking destroyers cuz they look cool and then they get them and they play however many games with them and they fucking hate them cuz Yeah. They die before they do anything every game. Everyone like, can, why did I buy this? Everyone can claim to be the fluffiest player in the world, but your if your list is so shit that it's a predetermined outcome every time you fucking play in, that's gonna get yeah. old fast. We yeah, and it's old, and it's not like, fun. It's also and when you, also when you do that, it's to me not only it's fu- like even if you don't care, even if you're like fuck, I lose every game anyway. I'm gonna run three destroyer squads. It's not I want fun to. for the person you're playing who just exactly. It's disrespectful. If you, <laughs> right, if you go to an event and you take a list like that, that just fucking is gonna get walked on predetermined outcome, like you said. It's you just know that you're also even though the other guy's winning, if he doesn't just care about winning, if he actually wants a good, challenging game, you're kind of ruining his experience as well. <laughs> Maybe if he enjoys the three hours he's about to invest into trying to like. I don't know, play the game that's <laughs> fucking 85 pages long in the fucking rule yeah. book shit. He's trying God to fucking sugar, sugarcoat everything he's about to do to you. <laughs> like, hey, man. <laughs> yeah. You know that you you know what whirlwinds do, right? You know what Scorpiuses do, right? I'm going to wow. explain to you the narrative <laughs> of what happened at Fan 5, and that's what's about to happen here, so bro. I, <laughs> so I guess it's, it's all about trying to strike a balance. Like, just be honest with yourself. You know, know know what you're capable of. Like, if you've been to a lot of events, you kind of know what to expect. You know, don't, you know, just be honest. Like, your list is kind of an expression of what you're trying to, you know, represent amongst yourself and the story you're trying to tell with your army. So just, you know, be honest about it. Love it. I have never, I have never went to a heresy event and, like, snuck quad mortars in or some bullshit, like, in the back of my mind knowing, well, I only took this because it's good. It doesn't really fit with the fluff I had for the army or what I've never done that. I've never compromised on that. Um, uh, that being said, I don't go the other way and go, um, you know, I want to run destroy. Cause I, I guess I look at destroyers and I'm like, well, these are just fucking assault Marines with two pistols, but assault Marines are better for their points. So all this, if I want to run jump pack guys, I'll just run assault Marines. It's this, all the same to me personally. I don't really, you know what I mean? It's like uh, it's still jump pack troops. It still looks cool on the table. Still looks like jump troops. Still plays like jump troops. I just shouldn't have to really compromise that much, I guess. Yeah, your brain won't let you. You gotta you gotta find the efficiency yeah. in things. Right, to a certain extent. But I'm also, like I said, I, I'm not going to crowbar something in, even if it's the most efficient thing in the world, if it doesn't fit with the theme of the list I'm trying to build. Tam four. I guess falling back to your Proteus, dude. It looks good. How many of those you got to build? Two. Two Proteus. Two. So Protea. I built one, and then I got two custom Gorgons. I'm building two. I pulled out all the kits for those. I was wondering so, when you were going to do that. 
remember talking to you. When yeah. You were, uh, so uh, they're sitting out there right now. I was literally, Jacob was laughing at me because I was building a Proteus and building terrain at the exact same time. Like I would literally cut up some piece for the Proteus and glue it. And while I'm gluing it, I'm scanning the board to see like where I want to put more balconies and shit. And he was clipping things off the balcony and handing me parts. And I was gluing that together and putting pipes together. And then I would go back to the Proteus. It was pretty funny. I was like a mad scientist. I'd shit everywhere. It's called being in the hobby Kumite, man. That is. Yeah. (laughs) You need to tie like a bandana with some kind of Japanese prayer written on it around your forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. How have we not made that? Look, hold on. That's what you got to (laughs) do. If we had a hobby bandana, like he. You do not get to put that on until it's fucking until you're in the zone, buddy. <laughs> so you'd have a bandana and an apron. Yeah, dude, go. you'd be fucking. You'd right. be solid. Like there should be no reason why you shouldn't have a twenty five hundred point army built and painted by morning. <laughs> um, so the my actual painting this week has been fucking annoying because I had to paint fifty. I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but I painted like 56 objective markers for the fucking Michigan GT Dark Age event, and that was annoying. Like, if you painting 56 individual, you know, 50 millimeter objective markers gets old in a hurry. Yeah, you brought it up in the uh, the Patreon chat. You were talking about it, and you said you were basically saying like, "There's no fucking end to this." <laughs> like, I feel like I've painted a hundred of these things, and it's only been seven. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I also, if you want, like, one of those repetitive fucking stress injuries where you think about not jerking off, but you still do it anyway because you're a guy, um, <laughs> but at least, like, puts that thought in your head where your wrist hurts and maybe you shouldn't, but then you just override that and do it anyway. <laughs> that being said, if you want that injury, uh, take Plasticard and have to cut a fucking 56 uh, one-inch circles out of Plasticard with scissors. That will really ruin your wrist muscles. Why? It's not the most fun thing. Jesus. I feel like I feel like oh, uh, Ryan Kimmel, if he was wearing his his bandana, would have invented some sort of giant hole punch for that. But okay, or yeah, drill press. Well, with some... oh, I also made these fire counters. Let's see, it probably doesn't zoom enough. They're right. Uh, where is it? Where's my finger? Anyway, I see it. I see. They're it. back there on that shelf behind me. Um. Those are made out of stuffing from dog toys. I didn't want to run to the store and buy fucking pillow stuffing, so my dog likes to shred dog toys, so I just dug through her fucking toy box and found this snake that she destroyed and ripped all the stuffing out of it and made fire markers out of it. <laughs> so my, my terrain for Dark Age now uses you sucker sticks and dog toy stuffing, which I'm pretty proud of. I'm glad you found the toy that was already damaged and it wasn't one of those pick your least favorite toy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no like, it's dying in front she of doesn't you. have a toy she doesn't have a toy that doesn't have giant holes in it with stuffing ripped out of it because she goes if you give her anything with a squeaker in it she immediately goes for the squeaker and rips it out which then has a giant hole in it that then the stuffing comes out of <laughs> so crazy man jesus <laughs> your dog's next level bro and we know which dog you're talking about not the not the fun one <laughs> not the one no. that has to stay in a room <laughs> yep so that's it so let's so proteus uh started the fucking uh gorgon worked a bunch more on my big factory board painted a bunch of dark age objective markers oh and i built a contemptor for my black shields i used the uh 
the legs, the Contemptor Cordis legs that you designed or helped design or whatever. Funded, I guess. Michael, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah, funded, I, whatever. I don't know what I, I used did. those. I used those and a modified um, Death Guard Contemptor Legion Contemptor torso, and then I made my own uh, chain fist with some uh, uh, band chain bayonets for Mark II guys for the fingers to make a actual cool looking chain fist instead of the flip you off chain fist that Games Workshop made that looks fucking stupid. Yeah, it's a hand of fucking death is what it is. It's a, Every finger is a little chain fist that you put on the end of a bolter, and it's just, like, yeah. ready to fucking crush people. Or buildings, which is probably the preferred thing it's supposed to be crushing. It looks good, dude. It looks Somebody asked good. me, because I put the... There, on those bayonets, there's one part that's curved with its all chain teeth, and then the other side has, like, the guard over it. And I put the guards in, because I figured, like, if you wanted to manipulate something or grab something, you would want... Like open that to be in, so you're not destroying it. And then, if you were using it as a chain fist, you would close the fingers like this, almost like a stabby, you know, drill yeah. thing. Like you don't want to, like you don't want stab some fucking in. some deck guy to be like, "Hey, Contemptor, will you help me pick this up?" Oh yeah, no problem. Boom, blows himself up. Yeah, picking up a fucking box of missiles or some shit. I'm so glad so, you explained figured, that. Like that's. You look at it, if you look at a chainsaw, like the way it runs, like the if you look at the teeth, they're all curved out. So if you had them curved into the palm, like if you like grabbed a dude and turned it on, it would just pack your fucking melt a barrel in your palm just full of man meat. <laughs> Where if you had <laughs> if you had them if you had them turned you had them turned the other way and you like fucking knife hand and like punch it into the dude, it like you know throws all his fucking guts. If away there from was you ever like, anything went. that I don't like, it's when my melt <laughs> barrel gets back with some man meat. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Man, fucking take me out to dinner first, man. <laughs> yeah, packing my melter barrel with man meat. Oh. <laughs> that's that's third base right there, buddy. <laughs> so for the Michigan GT, I need to. I got one more piece of Dark Age terrain to paint. It's just a fucking tower thing for this one mission. It should go fast. It's about half done already. And then I need to paint the Contemptor I just built and two Flamer guys. Because um, I'm playing in the Zone War Talus event on Friday and then running my Dark Age event on Saturday. Oh, fucking what a G. What a G. So, that's it. That's my hobby progress. I think that's all I did. Well, man, you are definitely, definitely one ahead of me on that one. Quite a bit ahead of me on that one. You worked on terrain. You worked on everything. I love it. Uh... Guess, guess as far as what I accomplished, far less, but it, you know, I'm still very proud of it. Uh, so my Labor Day sale from that webairbrushes.com that fucking Jamie sent us, my new Badger and Sotar 2020 came in. So immediately popped that sucker open, decided we were going to go to town with it. Uh, I tried to take some of the lessons that you told me a few episodes back on using my uh, using my airbrush, so I cranked everything down like 15 psi. Still, I feel like I'm blowing out fucking base coats on shit. But I base coated one of my Imperial Knights silver, and then I used my old br- airbrush to go ahead and slap some uh, AK Interactive on top of that using the Dr. Faust method method of quickly, uh, quickly weathering knights and stuff. Just using the uh, Using some old pair of uh, boxers to go ahead and wipe down 
and go ahead and you know follow gravity after you cover it with the AK Interactive uh, uh, rush streaks and streaking grime. You mix them together, put them in airbrush, spray the whole thing over silver, let it almost dry, and then you just take some cloth and you wipe down. It looks really good on metal. Uh, it's how I did the Warlord Titan so fast with the metal, and then it's also how I did a lot of my older knights. So it's a really cool method. So I ended up doing that real quick, uh, but playing with the Sotar 2020 because I kind of wanted to see like get a feeling between the two airbrushes, and I realized like how insanely small and detailed the Sotar 2020 is meant for. Versus, and you need to mix your paint where it's a lot thinner too because it's got a much smaller hole for the paint to go out. Yeah, so I have paint like I have a Vallejo uh, thinner, and I also have. I don't have the flow improver because I thought it was the same thing when I picked it up, but apparently I don't think it is the same thing. The flow improver and the Vallejo thinner or whatever. So I feel like I need to get some flow improver. I don't know when I will ever use a SOTAR 2020 now that I'm, you know, playing around with it because it basically just like, like calligraphy level small on some of that shit. So Hmm. I don't know. I, I like, I'm, I need to take an airbrush class. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I need yep. to. Well, take a. You could either take Miles over there. You could try to sign up for the CK Studio ones here and fly in here, and we could go up together and take it together. Or you could wait and see because CK Studios is out of Arizona, I believe, is where they live. Yeah, I think so. So they're not that far from you. So I'm guessing they run classes out west way more often than they run them out east. So they're also at Adepticon every year. Um, so you could take one there. I would try to take their two-day class. You're going to get more out of that, obviously. The four-hour class that me and Emily took was really good, but you know it left me wanting more. That's why I signed up for the two-day class. Yeah, it's uh, th- this happens every time I get a new airbrush. Like This is my third Badger 105, and so every time I get a new airbrush, it's always like, fuck yeah, it's fucking rocking and rolling. I got everything's all clean. I run alcohol through it every time I use it, and it gets me, like, pumped to airbrush, but my skills in airbrush don't really come up. Like, the best thing I can do with my airbrush right now is paint dreadnoughts, like, your color red that you, you suggested, and they come out pretty good. You know, it's just base corn red, and then uh, Mephiston red, and then the bloody red from Vallejo on top of that, and then go and, like, line highlight all the Vallejo, and that's actually what I'm doing right now, but yep, it's like... uh like to do some of the like ridiculous stuff that like you see uh, David Sampson doing and like, you know, with Chris Birch, you'd watch him like the way he paints, like all that, like transitions and shit like that. And like even Scott, you know, Scott runs around and makes everything look all sexy. And I just, I don't oh, understand. Bag Scott. <laughs> he can pull it together every once in a while. <laughs> like there's just, I don't understand the multiple thin layers. Like it fucks me up. And so with my nights, and this this is probably like one of the biggest things I'm looking at right now. So I have this Vallejo Model Air Orange, and I don't know. It's, it's like it, it looks like in the bottle, it looks like the perfect orange I want. And then I go spray it out, and it's like this fucking almost like milk, like just just yellow fucking shit. And I'm like, how many fucking layers of this do I have to put down? Because I wanted all my Fine. armor... Go ahead. I feel like there's something coming out. One thing that I find, man, is when it comes to learning paint and shit, you have to choose like the learning medium that you prefer. Because for me, like I, 
I can sit down, bring up YouTube, and watch internet tutorials just all the way through nonstop, one after another after another, because I have to do that bullshit for school anyway. So yeah. it just comes intuitively to me. But for a lot of people, man, I think you know, just just pick what you know you're going to learn best at. If it's going to a physical class, that's what I would do certainly. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it- I don't know. I'm, I'm. I can like. I watch YouTube videos a lot. Like if I'm, I cannot tell yeah. you how many. Like every time it's. Uh, I'm looking at like a different army or something like that, or I'm looking at painting something. That's like the first thing I type in is like painting orange, or you know painting red. And then you get them and you kind of learn. And it just it seems like they just do it completely. Like everything. Like it just never lines up correctly when you're watching somebody paint shit uh, through an airbrush on YouTube versus like when I paint it. I'm like okay. Right, and it's like, um, it's kind of like, in in a physical class, you can get that instant feedback from an instructor, like, hey, no, this is what's going on, where if you're doing it with them, you know, obviously online, or just looking at someone doing it, you know, you don't, you don't get that. If you're fucking something up, and it's small and minute, you're just going to keep fucking it up until you figure it out yourself, so there's yeah. a definite, I've never heard of anyone who's gone to like a CK studios class or, um, uh, Matt Cain stuff in, um, in, in Europe and not come back with great success. And I think that's a big part of it. It's a, it's a real like skill for the instructor to be able to relay, you know, information to their, their student. You know, this is how you do this and then get that feedback. So I think that's probably, probably the way to go, man. Cause online, you know, it, it's just the way it is. If you, if you're if there's a little small minute step which makes all the difference which it does a lot in this hobby um and you miss it no one's going to tell you otherwise right no no not all especially when you're by yourself sitting there in your little workbench and you just spray yeah, and it's light and you're like me and you're a little drunk so you're like <laughs> how's this taste i don't know not orange weird but <laughs> it's, it's like well i fucked that up i just sprayed that whole fucking Titan or Imperial Knight shoulder pad. Good, I mean, it was only spray, like six hundred dollars. <laughs> Can I wipe it off? Can I? I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person who sprayed a fucking like freshly primed thing and like sprayed on it. I was like, "Fuck, that looks horrible!" And I don't. Yeah, know Yeah, you got to go to fucking Walmart and buy stripper chemicals to make you look like fucking Walter White and walk <laughs> it through with. 92 bottles of LA, totally awesome. And then, you, and then you try and do the self checkout, and they fucking card you. Oh my god, that's yep. the fucking. You gotta wait for the lady to put in her fucking code. It's like, oh <laughs> god damn it! I'm just trying to buy super glue, bitch. I'm just trying to like. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, so I don't know. I'm on this weird like. I don't. I gotta figure out how to use these airbrushes, man. Like I'm on. Like I was so frustrated with my with my knight because I want him to have orange panels, and I want them to be like crisp orange panels, and so I've got the silver down and I've got his main body parts done and painted, and that's real easy. But these orange panels that I need to paint with my airbrush, that kind of you know I'm definitely not doing it right, and I know they're not going to come out the way I want, and so I might just switch to normal just brush because I know I can do it on brush because I can glob as much brush as I want onto these. But uh, so while that was going on, while I was getting frustrated with that, I was like, man, fuck this. I'm going to paint those fucking two Leviathans that I built up a while back. So 
I'll load it. Sometimes I, it's better to spray a base coat of a different color, like orange, if you're having problems with it being translucent. You could repaint that panel white and then go over the white with the orange, and it would show more of the orange pigment. Yeah. Or do uh, like the whole pre-shading thing where if you if you prime something black, you can hold that panel up to the light, see where the light reflects off of it from like a general light source, spray paint that reflection white, and then hit it with your your base color, and it kind of creates that shadowy, you know. That's like, that's yeah. how CK Studios essentially <clears throat> that's their painting theory on everything, from yeah. as far as I can tell. Yeah. We'll have to see. Uh, or if I could find like. Because this, uh, I don't know if like Games Workshop is just completely different than Vallejo because I use Vallejo, or I'm sorry, I use Games Workshop because when I got frustrated with this, like I was like, okay, I can't paint this orange. I'm going to have to figure this out. I went to my Blood Angels to paint these Leviathans, used the painting method that Ryan taught me when we first met eyes. And uh, I, like, I just, you know, Corn red out of an airbrush, corn red air out of an airbrush goes on like fucking nothing. Like it just, it's there. Like you, you're, that model is now fucking red. And then you go, yeah. okay, I'll go Mephestin red. Boom. It's now Mephestin red. And like, I, you know, I, <laughs> like it's, you can layer that up and like it's like, this is how I imagine all airbrush paint should work. But Vallejo just doesn't go on like that. So, and then Blood Red, like Vallejo Blood Red, I'm not using the, air color version i'm using just the game color version that through an airbrush still works it just i don't know i have to figure out a method of getting to orange that's better so if you are out there listening right now and you know of a sick way to paint orange that's quick and easy <clears throat> let me know because i'm getting pretty frustrated over here probably gonna have to end it up just go to go fucking take a class since i have all this vacation time now do that you gotta go take a class, man. There's and since <laughs> CK's on this side of the pond, man, you know that's that's a lot, a lot easier to get around, I guess. Yeah, and if Miles is gonna be on this state side as well, yeah, and that dude's supposed to be awesome. Like, I heard he likes to party and everything. So, does he really? go out there? <laughs> yeah, grab yourself a bag of. Black Star Heroin and go fucking nuts, man. Just get crazy with it. Spray <laughs> paint some models. Experiment <laughs> with some psychedelics. Get a barrel of DMT. Fucking make a weekend out of it. <laughs> it's like, hey, Miles, great class. By the way, heard you like to party. <laughs> yeah, I heard you. You ever tried a ayahuasca, Miles? Let's fucking... <laughs> Let's go on a trip a together. together. <laughs> so... Either that or CK Studios. Ryan, when are they going to be in your area? CK Studios? Um, February. February 20-something. Okay. I got some vacation time this year that I haven't used up. Quite a bit, actually. That I need to use up. So we'll figure out what's going on this year. We'll have to see what's going on. I think I've used like four days of vacation this year. And I have weeks. yours roll over into subsequent years if you don't spin them all. No, or do they just go away. They yeah. no, they don't. They don't roll over, but they sometimes. Well, every year I've worked here, but it's not guaranteed. They've uh, paid us out for it, so that's good. We just get like a fat check sometimes, but it's not what I prefer. I just you know never, never take vacation. So, but anyway, 
what I p- did paint when I was frustrated with the orange, I did swap over to the uh, Leviathans that I had built up. And so I did get the base coat down on these two Leviathans. I'll post some work in progress pictures up of these guys. Uh, one of them is the dual Redemptor Assault Cannon Leviathan who has the Assault Cannon titties. And then I also have the uh, the Chaplain Dreadnought that has the, the Chaplain Leviathan that has the Chaplain Dreadnought sarcophagus with the Redemptor Power Fist. Dreadnought close combat weapon or whatever. And then he's got the Melta Melta Lance on there as well. So they should look they should look cool when they're painted up. Well then now that these new fucking Blood Angel decals are out, I can go to town with those as well. Yep. So but yeah, that's all I have for hobby progress wise. I guess what do we want to do for the rapier battery story? So I just wanna like remind everybody listening right now that we are getting Rape Your Battery Story after Rape Your Battery Story coming in right now. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, like maybe you kind of didn't listen to that portion of an episode on episode 69 where I offered and threw out a Radio Free Estevan shirt, a Radio Free Estevan apron, Radio Free Estevan dice, and a custom cut cup with whatever legion you want from Grim Brothers Powder Coating. All you would owe us is one story written out that is of a rapier battery crew that could be a quad mortar crew that could be a last i don't know what the what's the, laser you know, destroyer layers of destroyer ray but i know the laser destroyer ray but what's the other one the multi-laser heavy multi-laser heavy, heavy the quad heavy bolters and uh, the quad mortar cannon. And Graviton. And Graviton Cannon. So they could be manning any of those. And we got some badass stories already. I just want to let y'all know. Y'all will be going into this fight with, like, bring your A game. Because there's some people that wrote some stories that should be professional writers. And they came out and just fucking laid it the fuck out. Some of them are pages long. So what's the next challenge about uh, tarantula batteries? Or tarantula weapons platforms, dude. I'm game, dude. Like, I so no, I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I don't want to read a story about a fucking tarantula. <laughs> yeah. So I do. Like, Malfunction. It started making coffee or something like. Yeah. <laughs> it's been there for fucking weeks or months on end. It's all bzzz, power up. Hell of a French roast, but that's about it. <laughs> I know how I would win. I would just go find the clip from Alien of the automated defense turret smoking aliens and send it to Scott and go, here's my story. Here's my fucking go, story. <laughs> just, it's just a, it's just a clip. <laughs> is that a looping gif? you damn right it is. <laughs> You're damn right it is. <laughs> no, man. So, I mean, we've got some stories that have come in. They're pages long. Uh, one thing that I did want to see is... Okay, so so submit this story. Email it to michaelwarmer30k.com. We have a number of entries already. Uh, this this The cutoff date is going to be October 5th is what, for some reason, that seemed like a really good cutoff date. So October 5th, we'll go ahead and we'll judge everybody on the Radio Free Esteban team. We'll read these stories. They'll pick the best. We'll discuss. Uh, we may have to request some outside help on judges. We'll probably go to Patreon for that and stuff because these stories are really fucking good. And there's, there's a probably like four runners right now that I personally would pick, but you know, anyway, 
so once we decide that, we'll announce a winner. You'll get all the cool shit and all that stuff. But one thing that I kind of was going to ask to you guys, and I did want to get some some listener feedback. Um, what what do you think we should do with the stories that don't win? Like, they're still good stories. Like, they're still like, how should we like release this? Like, what should we do with these stories? We could uh, we could do like. Um like an advent thing where we release like one a day on our radio free is fan Facebook page. Something oh, like that. Oh, mm. <laughs> what do you think about that? Ryan? Sounds good. So, so, so once, once this is all done, we can set it up to where, what that week after we announce the winner, we'll just start rolling out the stories on our Facebook page so you guys can read them. Some of them are fucking long, so I'm going to have to PDF all of them. But, but, yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll post them up. Keep an eye on the Facebook page. If you're if you're listening right now and you're already not – if you're not on our Facebook page, you should go like our Facebook page. We have some awesome memes that go up there. Uh, the rules for this contest are on there so you can know what you're getting into. And uh, we announce different things on there. So go give us a like, and uh, we'll go ahead and – get you these uh, raver battery stories. But I did want to go ahead and announce that again and selfishly get more fucking badass rapier stories. So that's all I got. That's all I got for that. Anybody want to say anything to that or anything y'all want to see in the rapier battery stories? Um, <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. Yes, sir. Keep, keep <laughs> on keeping on. I don't know. They're, they are really good, man. I mean, they've definitely surpassed any of my expectations, so I'm not one to be telling people what to do. They seem like they have the right idea. <laughs> Dig it. All right. So let me go ahead and we'll go ahead and move on to some voicemails. How about that? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, guys. So once again, guys, if you are new to voicemails or if you're new to us in general, you can leave us a voicemail at 209-RFI-30K0. You can call in to our voicemail line and leave us a voicemail. Say whatever you want. We'll play it on the air. And uh, also send us any stories or anything like that. We appreciate it. So here comes first voicemail. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm sure you'll find this entertaining, so I had to share it. Um, this is uh, Iron Hands Will. I was working on a file at work today. Uh, spent the better part of an hour on it and every time I looked at the uh, client's name I had to think of some 40k lore reference joke whatever because the client's name was Lionel Johnson <laughs> I hope he doesn't die <laughs> so yeah like that that has happened before I worked with a guy named Lionel at one point he was a IT guy as well uh, his last name wasn't Johnson, but every time I think Lionel, I'd be like, oh, he's going to fucking betray me somehow. He's going to fucking turn on me. I don't think I've ever worked with a person with a 40K name. <laughs> like Sanguinius? You ever, met, you ever worked with a Sanguinius? No. No. Oh, Horace. I think I met a Horace once. Really? Yeah. Or maybe I've just watched Monster Squad one too many times and I think I've met somebody named Horace. I don't know what Monster Squad is, but all right, cool. You need to immediately go watch Monster Squad if you don't know what Monster Squad is. This goes for everyone in the universe, not just Michael. 
What is it? What it? Like, okay, I'll look it up. I'll look up Monster. Squad. So Monster Squad was a movie. <laughs> it's a it's a movie. Uh, came out in the either early '90s or '80s, and it's one of those movies that was supposed to be for kids, but because it was early '90s and '80s, it's way more violent with like themes and overtones that shouldn't be in a kids movie because nobody gave a fuck in the eighties. That's like why we got like awesome movies like RoboCop and shit like that. Um, and it's, it's about the like big four movie monsters. So like Dracula, Frankenstein, the mummy, Wolfman, um, those like are basically real and they attack this town and it's like a group of kids that are kind of like the Goonies, like go to war with these monsters and have to kill all the monsters. Oh my. Is it brutal? Is it brutal as fuck? Um well it's, there's a part I can't so there's a part where Dracula walks down the streets and literally like snaps the neck. Like he's like literally like casually reaching out and grabbing cops by the neck and just like twisting their head around backwards and like breaking all these cops' necks. He kills like ten guys in like a couple second like you know, span of time, and it's supposed to be a kid's movie. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, it's pretty funny. Okay, cool. I'll buy it on Voodoo tonight. It'll happen. Hopefully, I won't have trouble it's finding it first, like I did Willow. It's the first movie I watched with my wife. <laughs> oh. <it's> beautiful. <laughs> All right. Go watch Monster Squad, people. Here's the next voicemail. Yep. Hey guys, it's Shane. Pretty new to the show here. Oh uh, but I wanted to leave you an industrial accident story that I actually uh, was the place where I worked with worked for. So I don't want to give too many. I don't know. Should I continue that? Do y'all want to try and no. wait it out? Fuck <laughs> no. Is Scott having a? Is he got a helicopter in the background? What the Come fuck on. is going on? What are you doing? What are you doing? Is that? it still? Hold on. Maybe it's a connection. Details away. <laughs> nope. No. He's, he's riding a bike with spoke with the cards in the <laughs> yeah. spokes. God, it's weird you said that. That's what I was thinking. Oh, look, Jesus. Get off he's your He's either healthy. got a fat, a fat machine. He's got a fat machine in the background, or he's riding a bike with cards in the spokes. I'll let the audience decide. All right, buddy. Well, he had an industrial accident story that was in there that I really need to hear. Sounds like he was having an industrial accident <laughs> when he fucking recorded this. Yeah. So, buddy, if you want to call back and try again on that one, it looks like it may have. Looks like you need to <laughs> land your helicopter, park your bike, or turn the fucking wood chipper off <laughs> and record the voicemail. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> All right. Break the poor, the poor, the poor submitter. All right. So this comes from Shane. Shane sent us an industrial accident story. He recorded it, sent it our way. It's downloading right now. So this is an awkward moment of talk while we... Okay, here we go. Hey, guys, it's Shane. Uh, fairly new listener here. I uh, wanted to send a contribution in for your industrial accident section. I tried to leave you a voicemail, but uh, I got cut off, you fucking pricks. So Wait, were you the helicopter uh, chain? voice memo anyway. Yes. And Same you're going to have to listen to my story again. So. Ha. We didn't listen to it the first anyway, time, fucko. So I don't want to give too many details <laughs> on this story because uh, I signed a confidentiality agreement. 
and on the very, very slim chance that someone who used to work there actually would find or hear this, uh, I could get in a lot of trouble. So I'm going to be as vague as I can and yet still be descriptive and, for your benefit, graphic. So I worked for a fairly large uh, chemical and pigment manufacturer a few years ago. And one of the processes to create a color was they would shovel the product, uh, the material, I should say, in between two rolls that were spinning at different speeds. Now, these rolls were about two and a half foot thick. And they would heat these rolls with 230 degree Fahrenheit water. Yes, water, not steam. And I know everybody in here is probably sitting there scratching their head going, but water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. And you'd be correct. However, when you enclose it in a, when, when it's in an enclosed system, it is possible uh, to achieve that. And if you don't believe me, go fuck yourself because we did it. And <laughs> we're I fucking with you. So, fuck <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, it was 230 degree Fahrenheit water. Now, the reason we had to do 230 degree Fahrenheit water instead of just using steam like uh, an intelligent human being is basically boils down to, again, without getting myself sued, um, bad design and bad decision making. Read between the lines there, gentlemen. <laughs> so operator would show up, open these valves, start heating the rolls up, push a button. A like 200 horsepower motor would start turning, cranking these rolls. After a certain a set amount of time, they would go in and they'd start dumping their product in between the two rolls. Right? Cool story. Um, now this was done manually, dumping the product. So if the guy put too much in there, there was a real danger of cracking these rolls, which I know seems kind of ridiculous that it's two, you know two and a half foot thick um you know roll but it it did happen a lot and unfortunately one day this production worker who spoke very little english he broke one again this guy had broken a couple but today now this roll remember this roll has 230 degree fahrenheit water going through it this roll broke and previously he had gotten lucky in that he had broken rolls and the water hadn't uh, he hadn't broken the, the tube where the, the water was flowing through but today he didn't get lucky and it broke he had second and third degree burns over 75% of his body oh, including his chest face hands neck and uh, like his, his stomach area uh, and then he had lesser burns on his thighs and uh, on his arms. Um, he got lucky in that the burns did not obstruct his breathing. Um, they had just the, it had just missed his nose and mouth, um, but it did hit him in the face. Um, he got pretty fucked up. He was screaming a lot. You know, we kind of just were like trying to calm him down. Uh, while first aid responders came to try and help the guy, but you know, oh, I really wish I could be a little more specific here. Anyway, so 
he's freaking the fuck out because it hurts. Uh, he starts to go into shock though, and so he he, he calms down, but he he's shaking really bad. You know, he's just shaking like a leaf because he's you know, he's in fucking shock. So they take him over to the to the ma- um, not the maintenance. They take him over to the production office and they sit him down in the chair and they call the safety committee and they say, "Hey, what do we want to do?" <laughs> because they didn't want to call an ambulance because that becomes an OSHA recordable event. Oh fuck! Yep. So this guy's been sitting this there before. fucking shaking with burns, still in his clothing. I might add um, that he was burned in. Because uh, there was jack shit for first aid responders. Anywho, so safety guy says, hold on, I'll be right there. Now, this is a fucking factory. Factories can be huge. It was a 25-minute walk from this guy's office to the production office because he was in a separate building on the same campus. So he just fucking lollygags over shows up, looks at him, crouches down in front of the guy and says, hey, buddy, how you feeling? (laughs) Mind you, this is the head of safety. Guy has no idea what he just said to him because he doesn't hardly speak any fucking English. So they decide, all right, we're not going to call an ambulance. We're going to put him in the back of this dude's Buick and we're going to drive him to the emergency room. It It was during the winter that this happened. So they decide, let's take his shirt off, take it off, not cut it off, just just fucking unbutton that shit, take it right <laughs> off, burp skin and all. <laughs> and we're going to drape a clean shirt over him. And then as he's walking out, a very high up individual, which is whose Buick he was being stuffed in, says to him, hey, don't worry. I had a sm- I had a slight burn on the back of my neck years ago. This cold air is going to feel really good on your burns. Right? <laughs> so they wow. walk this guy out, stuff him in the Buick. They drive him to the emergency room. And I shit you not, they take him, drop him off, and say, okay, good luck, and drive the fuck away. <laughs> he sat there for about an hour before... The hospital staff finally came over him because he didn't know what the fuck to do and said, can we help you? (laughs) When they finally saw how badly burned he was, they said, why are you here? This isn't a trauma center. You should be at said place trauma center. So they call an ambulance and send him up to the correct hospital that actually has a fucking trauma center. So I think it ended up being two and a half, three hours before this guy actually received treatment. Um, and when they went to visit him in the hospital, the, the, the one safety guy did, the head of safety didn't because he was a total fucking shitbag. Um, fuck you. Most safety guys uh, are. But that's, I'm not going to divul- divulge why I'm saying that. Anyway, <clears throat> he, the, the lower down safety guy went to visit him and said, hey man, how you doing? Um, you know, can I get anything? And he's like, I, I feel great. I finally stopped shaking. And it's like, oh gee, no shit. Cause you're not in shock anymore. So, yeah, that's my first industrial accident. Uh, I've got a couple more. One involves a dismemberment, but it's it's not as exciting as you think. It sounds a lot more graphic than it is, but uh, I hope you guys enjoy it, and I hope I didn't uh, wiggle around too much in the background. So, yep, yeah, cheers. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Later. 
<laughs> Holy shit. Let's Sounds break like this a very down. Very caring employer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like every manufacturing employer in the United States is what that sounds like. Did I ever God. tell you guys about my buddy Steve getting hit in the bobcat by the train and then shitting himself? Well, no. <laughs> of course. I mean, that's very specific, but no. <laughs> you told us the other story about him getting the, getting hit by the bobcat, but not the one where he shit himself. So what? Oh, it's the same story. Okay, well, it's the same story. No, I'll just play it. I'll play it. I'll play it. <laughs> oh, okay. So this guy, so we had to, we had to, this, uh, when you run coal, there's, uh, they have a big magnet that, so we, the coal goes up a belt and falls over the end and goes into the crusher. And right before the crusher, they have a giant, they call it the mag pulley. The pulley that runs the belt has a giant magnet in it. So any metallic fragments that get mixed in with the coal, it'll stick to the uh, pulley as it goes around and go down a separate chute and go down a recheck thing so you're not dropping metal through your crusher and messing up the hammers in the crusher. So this metal reject chute would fill with railroad spikes, railroad plates, you know, just whatever random shit. And it was on one side of the train track. So you'd have to drive across the train tracks in the Bobcat, grab the dumpster, drive back across the tracks, empty it, then go put it back. So he wasn't paying attention and went to go drive across the tracks and I don't, if anybody's ever drove a bobcat, they have those stupid fucking... The way bobcats are designed are, is the most idiotic steering system ever, where the bucket operates with feet pedals, and then to drive it, you actually have sticks, and it should be the yeah. fucking opposite. Because what happens is, when you have these giant tall sticks and you hit a bump, your whole body rocks forward, and then it accelerates really fast, and then you panic, so you pull back, and then it stops, and you're in this constant, stuck in this <laughs> rocking motion. It's the dumbest design ever. So You're Steve gets the bobcat level. over one side of the track and it gets stuck and it's slipping and he can't get it up. And he timed it wrong where this train is coming um, in, down the track towards him and he sees this train and he panics and he's trying to back up. Well, he does get backed off the track where the train's at, but the bucket is still sticking out over where the train is going to hit it. So the train hits the bucket on the front of the bobcat, which is obviously attached to the bobcat. So he's like spinning down the side of the train as the train is like scrape, you know, scraping and spinning him around. And eventually it flips the bobcat over on its side. The other stupid thing about this train is it's the brakes are powered by air. So the problem is when you lose air pressure, the brakes don't work. You would think that it'd be like on a semi where when you lose air pressure, the brakes lock up, which would be the safe thing. But no, on this system, it was designed by an idiot. So when you lose air pressure, the brakes just stop working. So the side that he had hit on the locomotive was where all the airlines were at. So it ripped all the airlines off the train. So the train can't stop at that point either. So the guy driving the train bails off the train, just gets out of the cab and runs down the steps, just jumps off the train, lets it go. So it goes down and hits the dead man. The dead man is just this big... (laughs) Yeah, it'll stop somewhere. So at the end of the track, you have uh, derailers, which will, like, the train will hit those and derail. And then right after that, you have this thing called a frog or a dead man that the train will hit. Stop. So anyway, the guy that was in the bobcat that got hit got thrashed around inside the bobcat, so it, like, cut up his arms and his elbows because you got that metal cage around you that's kind of sharp. And... He shit his pants because it scared him. He had to go to the bathroom anyway, and he had been holding it in all day. And when he got jostled around in there and freaked the fuck out, he shit himself a little bit. You know, whatever. <laughs> but the funny thing about it is the same thing with with what this guy said. The corporate guys just drove it. They didn't want an OSHA recordable, so they just decided to drive into the hospital. So whoever the poor s- person was that had to use their car, Steve had to sit in their car seat with shit in his pants 
on the ride to the hospital smelling up whoever's car that they took it in. And then the other classic story is somebody phoned ahead and said, hey, we're bringing a guy in that got hit by a train. So the hospital is obviously expecting, like, hamburger. Like, it's just a total fucking mess. So Steve shows up smelling like shit because he'd shit his pants with just cuts on his arms where he had banged his elbows. And they're like, where's the guy that got hit by a train? And they're like, well, this is him right there. And the hospital's like, you guys are fucking idiots. So, but anyway. <laughs> it's like, I've never, I've been fortunate enough and maybe just almost, almost, my, maybe my life, maybe I don't live my life extreme enough to where I've never been so scared I shit my pants. But like, that seems like, if I was ever so afraid of like myself dying that I just let go, I think, I think it'd probably make me a new man. Like, I feel like, and then after that, if I had to, like, was he cut up bad enough to where, like, he could have just, like, gone home? (laughs) Oh, fuck. No, he was fine. They just, they had to take him, they wanted to take him there just to make sure, because, I mean, he was in a vehicle that got hit by a train, and they, you know, insurance reasons, whatever, but like uh, Shane said, when you work for these big corporations, they'll do anything they can to not get an OSHA recordable. So they're not going to call an ambulance or have somebody come get you when you're not that hurt. So they loaded him in a car and drove him. I just thought it was funny because he had to ride in the safety guy's car with shit in his pants. That's which that's I felt like, like you just couldn't be like, could I, could I take care of this? Like, can I, can, can I get this taken care of? Like, I don't know, dude. I, I don't, I wasn't, it didn't involve me. I wasn't driving the train and I wasn't the guy that got hit by the train. So so back to back to the Shane story here that we missed out on uh on like I feel like okay so it's like is the point of us telling us that it wasn't steam while it was in this roller like it sounds like as soon as he cracked it that shit became steam like as soon as it was like released to air that water immediately that or became it flung steam. water if it was steam yeah. you would think it would just go straight up in the air where if it was water it would spray because it's a spinning roller it would throw it out everywhere and a pro tip for anyone that encounters such circumstance, the last thing you want to do to a burn victim unless their clothes are on fucking fire at that moment is try to take their clothes off because all the skin comes with it. So <laughs> pro tip, everyone. Yeah, pro tip. Put that uh, one in your pocket, especially if they're wearing like fucking, I don't know, any clothes made anywhere in the world that have any kind that of aren't cotton. cotton or polyester. Cause that shit'll melt flat to your fucking skin really easily. So yeah, if you, know. you work in a factory like that, you either want to have FR clothes or wear cotton shirts with no yeah. printed logos on them. All I wore was that fucking Kevlar shirt and a goddamn pair of jeans. So I wouldn't, wouldn't wear yeah. anything that has any kind of melt or flash, you know, point to it. I wear cotton shirts with the pocket on them. Um, they do have a little bit. It says Tracker Supply, really small printed material if it burns my nipple off it burns my nipple off oh, i'm well, good with it i don't use um, <laughs> and then i have uh i have fr carhartt pants so that's what i wear fuck yeah dude that's uh i have a bunch of fr clothes but you know <laughs> never had to work in a factory with them only outside and it's always always been like one of those man i hope oh. this doesn't catch on fire I like ours because they they make you wear all these FR clothes where I work, and then you have to watch all these videos work full shit. And I don't know if everybody's seen an argument, but FR clothes is not safe. It's like Potter. It's like fucking. It's like they measure it in like Kelvin and shit. Like it's like <laughs> yes. it's like oh cool. I'm glad I wore this FR shirt so you can scrape 
the three particles of DNA evidence from the inside of it to, to like check my identity. Like that's all that it's for. <laughs> How it's hot not is actually it? hot as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Hot as fuck. <laughs> Like, if you guys go to YouTube and just type in Arc Flash video, and then you'll see, like, testing, where they'll have, like, a dummy there in FR clothing, and they'll stick it next to a big fuse box with, like, mega voltage running through it, and then it'll blow it where it'll Arc Flash. Literally, the dummy fucking disintegrates, whether it has a goddamn FR shirt on it or not. It's really stupid. (laughs) Let me me make sure I can post this to the Facebook real quick so people can go watch this. Oh, man. Just trying Did you already to, watch the video? Just no, depends on how much you want your casket to weigh. Just have our clothes. We can scrape DNA evidence off of them. It's pretty funny. Like I watched those arc flash videos. I was like, "What? Like this isn't a magic shirt, people. Like this is not. <laughs> this is this is not an iron halo that I'm wearing here." Like, oh my gosh, forty cal arc test flash suit. bucket of a motor control center it's a 45.7 calorie arc oh my god michael's dying i just shocked michael that's where i work michael i work around that shit all the time they're like you'll see there was a person here at one point they're gone yeah. <laughs> they they got <laughs> teleported <laughs> to death say, well you can see there's no fire on the garment it's like well <laughs> Yeah, but you're blasted apart. Like, I don't, like, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. Why is this? Why do we, um, oh, whatever. That's the like. That's electricity. That's what we deal with. That's what we harness as man. God bless it. Look Good at for- the one. There's one that's uh, a YouTube video that says NFPA 70E Arc Flash Explosion 6. It's a minute, 19 seconds long. NFPA. 70E arc flash E arc arc flash flash explosion six. Okay, it's a (laughs) okay. This mannequin is wearing Westex ultra soft pants and lightweight knit shirt. We have our arc. Oh my god, (laughs) you can see a huge amount of molten metal, even in real time, all over the floor and thrown an enormous distance from the disconnect. Some of that molten metal ended up in excess of 40 feet away. But again, no fire on the garments. <laughs> Ignore the <laughs> man's hand on the ground. All right, here we have a split-screen slow-mo, 3,000 frames a second. Again, no fire on the garments. torso event. You can see a huge amount of molten metal being thrown a huge distance from the arc gap over his left shoulder. Meanwhile, the arc has hit the mannequin, dude, traveled dude down dead. the body, and becomes primarily a lower body event. And an enormous lower amount of molten body. metal now is being thrown <laughs> up in the air. Thing. It's going to land 20, 30, 40 feet from the disconnect. Look also at the floor on the left-hand portion of your screen, the pulled-back portion. Look at the amount of molten metal. It's literally painted almost the entire floor is orange with molten copper, and yet the arc's still going on, and there's an equal or greater amount of molten copper still in the air. This is a huge amount of molten metal. And again, this molten copper is a minimum of 1,900 Fahrenheit, more than twice as much energy as is necessary to ignite non-FR cotton and polycotton. Dude, like, ignore his fucking disintegrated hand. This this dude is like... It fired his cock and balls off his body and his feet our chronometer couldn't catch. But (laughs) so fine. Lucky for us, we put this dummy pig and this dead pig inside there, lit it up, and 
we all had delicious roast afterwards. Like <laughs> this dude's like <laughs> gone. Like <laughs> also, if you're ever trapped in a corporate safety class watching arc flash videos and they go off and the dummy gets blown apart and you start laughing hysterically, they frown on that. I can attest to that through personal experience. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, post this to the Facebook it. page right now. <laughs> <laughs> poor fucking Facebook, like poor people who will follow us on Facebook are gonna get this and be like, holy shit! It's <laughs> gonna just say from episode seventy one, <laughs> like what the fuck is going on in this episode? Love so it. Just so you know, like you walk around the power plant where I work, there's these big fuse panels with that shit going on behind it. That's like you can obviously see is like kind of in check, but could you know possibly go off and do that at any time. So every time you're walking around in an area where there's just a bunch of fuse panels that are humming, it makes me fucking nervous. I don't really like it. I walk through there pretty quick. <laughs> your claws will be fine. Yeah, my yeah, claws, claws will be, will be fine. perfect. They'll probably <laughs> reissue my shirt. As cheap as my... To the next guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, pardon me. You got a little bit of Ryan on you here. Yeah, and they just wiped it off. There's some beard stuck to this shirt. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> It's like, do we? Is this a recordable? If there's nothing left, like, do you, do we have to? There's just a burnt black shadow on the ground with like a perfectly like nice pair of pants and shirt laying like on top of it like, with some ash. Was Ryan here today? For this one. <laughs> was Ryan here today? No, I'm pretty sure he was on vacation. Okay, good. <laughs> he just left his clothes. You look like. Have you ever seen the movie Christmas Vacation? You know where the cat chews out of the Christmas tree lights <laughs> yeah. underneath the couch? Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. But arc flashes are no fucking joke. Like, like I didn't know they were a thing. Just... Oh, I don't yeah, think anybody bad. I don't think anybody outside of where you work would know that arc flashes are even a thing. And now you're like the YouTube spikes are just going to be going crazy on Google right now from all the people who are going to want to watch arc flash videos. That's not even a really scary one. The really scary one is when they happen in a sub yard on a transformer. And not only do you get that arc flash, but then right after that, it ignites all the oil that's in a giant, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds transformer and the entire fucking sub yard explodes in a giant mushroom cloud of sun fury death. Just immediately follows it. Yep, I I saw that happened at our plant. I showed you the video of it. There's a mushroom cloud as tall as our 300 foot stack from that transformer going off. I got security camera video of it. <laughs> Fucking legit, dude. That's well, you know, it blew par- it blew parts over the building into the parking lot. <laughs> There's no answer. There's just no response that I have that would like. <laughs> Well, that's all I got for voicemails this week, man. Shane really, <laughs> really worked us up into a story here. I thought we were going to hear a story about some dude getting caught between two rollers, which I'm pretty sure has happened before. But it's that happened gotta... in my plant too. I can tell that story. Well, I already told that story about the guy getting his arm ripped off. <laughs> yeah. Instead, so we got to listen to a, about a guy that got basically steam fucking cooked in front of. <laughs> they couldn't speak English very well. Poor little Jorge, trying to. Oh. So, anyway, that's it for voicemails. Uh, normally during this section, now we get to move on to talk about James Dean's. Uh, going James to uh, 
going to call it a night, gentlemen. You guys have a good one. Oh. Try to set you up, Scott. Bye, Scott. Fear right. about that time. I'll see you Saturday. <laughs> yep. Catch you later, Scott. So, on to James Dean's list. So, I think this is probably going to be our first silver closer. Is that right? I mean, it seems like we're we're moving that way. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, guys, and if and if y'all do not understand what we're talking about when we say silver closer, so we got with the I Force guys, and we had some some uh, some patches that were made that basically you could put on your battle foam bags or anything like that. You wear a hat with them; they're Velcro patches, and they say hashtag closer. We got them; they're black and silver lettering. It says hashtag closer. We also have a gold version which says hashtag closer. And so for all you guys listening out there, this is what we offer. So if you have an army that's 2,500 points fully painted, you are eligible for that silver closer patch. All you have to do is just email us a picture. We'll go and look over, make sure your army is fully painted, make sure you are truly a closer. And we will, I'll put a little stamp on the, uh, on an envelope, toss your patch in there, send it your way, and you can go ahead and show it off. You owe us pictures of you showing off that patch. The gold closer is a little bit harder to get. So the gold closer patch is going to be for people who have both a 2,500-point loyalist army and a 2,500-point trader army. And I, I don't know how that we can make this verifiable, but we're kind of running on an honor system here. They have You have to prove to us that, you know, hey this is a traitor militia force or this is a loyalist militia force or this is a traitor mechanicum force or whatever, you know, just be cool about it. You know, we are, you know, we go out of our pockets for this for you guys. So just be cool. If you want these gold patches, I do want to say that we are going to be stringent about these fully painted. So if we come back at you and say like, Hey man, that is not fully painted. Look at blah, blah, blah. And you just got to go and fix it. That's the whole point of this exercise. We're trying to get people to that closer marks. We already have people that have already contacted us and they're saying, this is going to be a real good reason for me to finish this army so I can get this done. So this is just use this as motivation to, uh, to get your, get your army finished and up to that 2,500 point mark and to get that other army that you've been working on. So you can also play traders and get that working out. So, but anyway, first things first, and we're probably going to end up posting pictures of this because we got the pictures in this came directly from James Dean uh, his Alpha Legion squats army. So if you're a long-time listener, uh, all the way back to probably like episode like 15 or something like that, uh, Ryan wrote a list for James Dean using the Alpha Strike or Alpha Legion uh, Legion, and he also ended up using the Sacrificial Offering Rite of War. And it's pretty cool because we, on the show devised up a almost like a fluff for including squats in this army and what would be cool stuff to include and one of the things and one of the ideas that came up was just like sacrificial offering with like a wall of martyrs made of squats bodies and stuff like that and James Dean went out made this fucking army and we are going to post pictures of that we'll go ahead and I mean I, to me it's approved Ryan does it have your okay and good to go oh I love it man it Looks really good. He did a really good job. So, we have no problem shipping Mr. James Dean his silver closer patch because he definitely fucking earned it. Uh, 
love that army. Love the idea behind the army. The army list is solid. Everything about it's good. So good job. Congratulations, James Dean. We'll go and get your address from you, and we will go ahead and get that patch going out. Um, is there any other requirements you think, Ryan, for the closer? Is that pretty much it? Like, anything you want to add? I'd say in there? that. I mean, no, I think it's good. I think that that's fine. So just just submit us through email. You want us an email? Submit your list through email, and then we're just handling the American side right now. Uh, we also have the Eye of Horus guys who will be handling like the Australian shipping and all that stuff. And then, uh, were we gonna uh, the Legion of Lies? We're gonna handle the UK side. Is that how we're gonna do it? Yep. Then we're the so. Geno Five Two, but I think Alistair said he would do it. So, so we will have we'll have patches distributed across the world, and you'll know. We'll we'll go ahead and finally now once we actually get the patches in, which they were already shipped last time, but they're coming from China, so it might take a while. But once we actually have them in, we will let you guys know you know, which area you need to go ahead and send your closer uh, submissions to, and you'll, you'll, they'll go ahead and decide whether or not they're going to ship you out a patch or not. So, but should be good motivation guys. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Mr. James Dean was, was one of the first ones. So just because this is like, it's, it's like a, I don't know. It's like an adopted child, you know, like this, he's been, this, he's been with us a long time. He's been with, been with us, us a while. A long time. So, good job, James. I'm proud of you. So, anyway, enough of that talk. Now we're moving on to some list, man. So this uh, Orbital Assault Space Wolf list, 2,500 points. Yep. So, Eric Ness, one of our patron guys that I met face-to-face at um, Nova, he had just recently, right before Nova, gotten a Storm Eagle. So he wanted me to write him a Space Wolf list with a Storm Eagle in it. And he sent me a uh, list of models he had, and he wrote us this email. He says, I recently picked up a Storm Eagle from a buddy. I have no idea how to use it. I have a decent Space Wolf army, although I I lose most games with them. Uh, And I was wondering if you would write me a 2,500-point list, including the Storm Eagle. Below is the list of things I currently have. I don't mind adding a new unit of infantry or picking up another vehicle or two. So he also sent a second email in after he wrote this one that had a list actually attached to it. Um, And then basically he wrote me a list of uh, like all the models that he currently owns. So looking at his list of models, um, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but just on the vehicle side of it, he had three rhinos, two lightning strike fighters, the Storm Eagle, obviously, a Spartan, seven drop pods, and two Anvilus Claws. So when I was looking at this and thinking of Space Wolves, because I was already thinking of Space Wolf drop list because of I need to do Alistair's list, um, and I seen that he already had seven drop pods, two Anvilus, and he wants to include a Storm Eagle, the first thing that jumped to my head was, well, he should just go Orbital Assault. So fair. what do you it's think fair. about that, Michael? Yeah. Orbital Assault yeah. sounds just about right. If you're going to so, shoehorn a... Storm Eagle to somebody's list. <laughs> yep. So this is what I came up with list-wise. So I got a Praetor with a Rite of War Orbital Assault. The Praetor is armed with Power Fist, Paragon Blade, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo. Um, then for the second HQ, I have a Priest of Fenris, Speaker of the Dead, 
with Great Frostblade, Aether Rune Armor, and Melt Bombs. And then for the third HQ choice, I have that exact same model again. Another Speaker of the Dead, Great Frostblade, Aether Rune Armor, Melt Bombs. So the reason I have three HQs is because you have to, for every thousand points of Space Wolves, you have to have a character. I went ahead and just used the Speakers of the Dead. They were the most expensive character models he had. So if he prefers to run a different character, I see he owns a Herald, he owns um, a Forge Lord, he's got a Centurion, he's got Grigor Fellhand. Like, if he wants to run any of that other stuff, he should be able just to drop one of these guys and throw the other thing in. So I think these guys are good and definitely well worth running, but they're not 100. I would run at least one of them, but you don't have to run two of the identical guy if you don't want to. I just, like I said, I did it as a placeholder, knowing that whatever else you decided to throw in, these would be more than enough points that you could fit whatever else you wanted in. in. So, for the first troops unit, I took 19 Grace Slayers. So, pretty big Grace Slayer squad. Um, two of the basic guys have power weapons. Um, three of the basic guys have combi meltas. Then the Huskarl has a power weapon, artificer armor, and melta bombs. And you can make those power weapons anything you want. I personally like axes, and I think axes fit Space Wolf Fluff the best. But, I mean, you could really do anything you wanted. So in this 19-man squad, I would put one of the priests of uh, Fenris in with it. And that's going to be 20 total guys. And I'll tell you in a minute uh, what you'll do with those. Um, so then the second troop's choice is another 10 Grace Slayers. Uh, the Huskarl has power weapon, artificer armor, melt bombs and then the nine normal guys, uh, two of them have power weapons, and uh, two of them have combi meltas. And they are in a standard drop pod. Um, then for the third troop slot, I took ten tactical support marines. Um, all ten of them traded their flamer in for a Volkite charger, and then they also purchased the additional chainsword, so they're going to have bolt pistol chainsword Volkite charger. Um, the sergeant will have artificer armor, melt bombs and then he will trade in the chain sword that he purchased for two points for a power weapon once again you can use any power weapon you want i would go axe but that's whatever you want to do and those and 10 uh yeah so those uh 10 uh tactical support guys go in another standard drop pod uh then we'll move on to elites so for elites i got five terminators in cataphracty armor uh, the sergeant has a power fist. Uh, two normal guys have a power fist, and the other two normal guys have chain fists, and they took a dedicated Anvilus Dreadclaw. Um, then I took a second elite choice, which is nine uh, veteran tactical marines. Um, all nine of them, including the sergeant, have a combi melta. The entire squad also has melta bombs, and then the sergeant has artificer armor. And this nine-man squad is where I would put your Praetor at. And all nine of the veterans and the Praetor will be in a standard drop pod that is dedicated to the veterans. Then for the third and final elite choice in the army, I took nine Death Sworn. Um, so the Death Sworn comes stock standard with uh, Artificer Armor and Power Axes, so it's going to be a shitload of Power Axe attacks. And then I bought Melt-A-Bombs for the squad. And I would put the last Priest Defenders, because remember there's two. I already put one with the 19 Grey Slayers. So I'm going to put the second one in with these Death Sworn, which is the... Normally you can't attach characters to Death Sworn, but you can Priest Defenders. So that's going to be 10 total uh, guys in the squad. So then, uh, finally we get to Fast Attacks. I included the Storm Eagle gunship. 
with hull mounted missile launcher and two wing mounted las cannons and that's where the 19 grace layers and the priest will go is in that storm eagle and then for the second fast attacks choice i took another anvilus dread claw just as a loose one so that's where the nine death sworn and the other priest will go so in this list you got five drop pot well you got two anvilus dread claws and then uh, one with terminators one with death sworn and then you got three conventional pods and then you have the Storm Eagle, and everything is self-contained within those. So you're going to get three pods turn one, and then you're going to have two pods and the plane in reserve. So I personally would drop in um, both Anvilus Dreadclaws, the one with the Terminators and the one with the Death Sworn with the Priest attached, and then I would drop in the Melta Veterans and the Standard Pod with the Praetor attached turn one, and then that would leave your tactical support guys and your other gray slayer squad in reserve and then your plane also in reserve and then when that stuff comes in um you know later in the game you can uh you know drop basically i tried to set it up so the stuff that's coming in later like the volkite charger squad on the turn that they arrive even if they come in second turn they can get out and immediately be able to shoot those volkite chargers so they're going to make an immediate impact the gray slayers can do that with their uh their bolters and then once they have boots on the ground and they've waited a turn, uh, the tactical support guys can still shoot at full capacity because they have assault weapons and then assault afterwards. Um, the gray slayers will have to go, you know, swap back to pistols or whatever, but then they'll be formidable in assault. So as far as anti-tank in the army goes, you're going to have to lie, rely a lot on assault, but you have a ton of melt bombs in here. All nine death sworn and the priests that are with them have melt bombs. So that's 10 melt bombs with, uh, Hatred, because the priest is in there, so rerolls to hit. The nine yeah, veteran tacticals... Yeah. The nine veteran tacticals all have combi meltas uh, that are plus... Because they're machine killer, they'll be plus one to uh, armor pin. Just keep in mind, if you don't have a good target for all these combi meltas, you can, because you get to name the veteran ability before the game begins, you could always just go ahead and give these guys sniper, and then they're still going to have standard melta guns, which is still extremely good, and then once they fired them, they can fall back on you know, the, the sniper bolters, or you could even give them the plus one to their uh, weapon skills, since they're going to be four attacks a guy on the charge, because they have two attacks base, and then bolt pistol, chain sword, and um, the combi weapon. So it's good either way. But all these guys have melt bombs as well. So that's another nine melt bombs. And then the Praetor that's in the squad with them will be uh, seven attacks with a power fist on the charge because he's four base. Digital lasers is five. Two weapons is six. And then the charge is seven. So that's going to be pretty formidable killing vehicles in close combat. And then obviously you have the Terminator squad loaded with uh, power fists and chain fists. And then both Gray Slayer units and the Tactical Support Marines have melt bombs on the sergeants. And then you still have the missile launcher and the two LAS cannons on the Storm Eagle. So this list should be decent at shooting, decent in assault. Um, and, uh, you know, your anti-tank comes mostly from assault, but your anti-infantry comes from both shooting and assault. Should be fun to play. And looking over your list of stuff, you should literally have uh, everything to build this army. Um, you're missing four combi meltas, so you can just buy a single pack of combi weapons and it comes with four. You'll be good there. And then you need to build a Death Sworn unit. And then other than that, it looks like you have all this stuff. Yeah, just run to eBay, go pick up your combi meltas, you'll be good to go. Yeah. 
pick up some plastic ones. So, they come out real quick. I like them actually better than the resin ones. So I thought that was a pretty cool list, and I was able to basically do, build it with all the models that he already had. Yeah, it'll be in face first turn, and then, I mean, it's it, there's nothing about that list that is not Space Wolf. It's a really nice Space Wolf army, just quick, fast, take care of things. Everybody's kind of got some, like, it kind of sucks that Gray Slayers are pretty much the only unit that can be that versatile, where it's like, oh, we're going to go ahead and kill tanks, but we're also pretty fucking deadly in close combat, because we're also rocking these axes, but it's a... It's, it'll be a fun list. I mean, there's nothing There's nothing that you wouldn't be able to take care of being dropped in the middle of the enemy deployment zone with that list. So, dig it right. Yep. Did it right. Did it right with the Space Wolves. Gray Slayers kind of made it easy. So, next list coming up is a White Scar Shigorian Brotherhood list. 2,500 points. What have you got? So this was from Jeff, uh, and I met him up at the uh, Michigan event, the la- the one I went to a couple months back, or I, I went in August, early August or whatever. Um, so he wrote me an email, and he says, Hey, man, met you at the Amara Codex event, then chatted with you on Messenger for a bit, looking for some help on a 2,500-point white scar list. Uh, by help, I mean just rip it up and give me a solid route to move forward. <laughs> he said, <laughs> uh, up, I fan. try to play my... I try to play my scars very fluffy, all fast vehicles, no dreadnoughts, no artillery. I'm looking forward uh, to what you have to say. He says, I I think I went, uh, I think this list is actually 2550 because I believe Battlescribe is wrong on a few things. Uh, the command squad is all jacked up points wise, so I'm not really sure where they're supposed to sit. He says, in the book, a command squad lists bikes at 20 points per guy. Battlescribe has them at 125 for the squad. Um, it also, for some reason, doesn't show the banner carrier who is actually there, but isn't in the app. Uh, the base squad is 70... Eh, anyway, he's just more... He's just pointing out problems with Battlescribe. Anyway, also under... The, uh, okay, more problems with Battlescribe. Anyway, sorry for the huge email, but thanks again, Jeff. So the list that he wrote... Um, once again, he pointed out all the issues with Battlescribe, so I'm just going to read how it was printed off from Battlescribe and... Yeah, so just bear with us if there's any mess-ups as I read it out. It's not his fault. It was just the way that it printed out from the what happened. So the, uh, his, his HQ choices, he had a chaplain in artificer armor with bolt pistol, combat shield, power glaive, and he's mounted on a space marine bike. Then he has a Praetor uh, with artificer armor, bolt pistol, cyberhawk, digital lasers, iron halo, uh, mastercrafted power glaive, um... And then he took a command squad, and it looks like all the guys at the command squad have combat shields. Um, all of them have power weapons, and they're obviously all mounted on bikes. Then he took an apothecary with a power glaive on a bike. Um, then he, for troops, he had three outriders with twin link plasma guns as a troop's choice. Just no other upgrades, just the plasma gun upgrade. Then another three outriders with a plasma gun upgrade. Then a six-man outrider squad with just the bolters on the bikes. The sergeant has bolt pistol power glaive. And then two basic guys in the squads have power swords. Um, Then he had a legion tactical support squad. Uh, Looks like ten guys, all with plasma guns. 
Um, the sergeant has artificer armor and a combi plasma instead of a plasma gun. Um, and then I'm guessing because he has a combi weapon, he probably has the augury scanner. I think he took that upgrade, maybe. I don't know. Um, then for fast attack, he took an anvilus pattern dread claw, and I think that's where the plasma gun guys go. Um, then for the second fast attack, he has three, a squad, a squadron of three Javelin land speeders, just bare bones. So they all three have heavy bolters and twin link cyclones. Um, pretty good unit. Then for the third and final heavy support slot, he's got a Primaris strike fighter with battle servitor control, ground tracking auguries and two pack, two sets of Kraken penetrators. So that's the way I always like to load it out. Um, for heavy support, he's got a standard, Legion Sakaran battle tank with accelerator, autocannon, armored ceramite, dozer blade, las cannons on the sponsons, and then a thicker inventor tank destroyer with armored ceramite and dozer blade. Um, and then he's running the right of war, Chagoran Brotherhood. So this was already a really solid list. I didn't really see any huge problems with it. The only thing I wasn't a huge fan of is the command squad on bike. Um, just command squads are pretty damn expensive for what you get. Um, and then they don't score. So I feel like you can almost, almost always just run a bike squad for the same amount of points. And the way bikes are is every three guys get a power weapon as opposed to just every guy getting a power weapon. But if you're getting a full squad of 10, you're getting... Or even if you just make it to nine, you're getting three power weapons plus the sergeant power weapon. So you're really only losing out on one power weapon plus you have a lot more bodies and that unit will score um, in this particular list. So I feel like that's kind of a better way to go if you're getting bikes as troops is just to take them as the troops don't bother with the command squad. So that was really the... When I started rewriting the list, that's kind of where I started. So Points-wise, points wise, is that pretty comparable, like the command squad version to the troop version? Maxing out a troop um, He doesn't have... So the it looks like the Praetor with the command squad all together was four hundred and seventy points, and the Praetor's a hundred and Praetor's basically two hundred points of that. So he's paying two hundred and seventy points for five guys on bike. Yikes! So to, for, by comparison, you can take a six man outrider squad with three power weapons in it and the sergeant upgrade for two thirty. So yeah, you can get pretty close to a nine man squad or no. I guess it'd be eight. You can get eight guys for roughly the same amount of points. Saving money, cutting prices, people. But but like I said, the one the big difference is one's going to score and one's not. Now I do know the command guys do have a two plus save, which is nice, but I don't know that that's worth losing scoring over. Nah. Um. So anyway, this is how I changed the list. So not that there's anything wrong with a chaplain on a bike in this list. I just felt, so some of these changes I just changed for fluff purposes and then also a little bit um, for competitive reasons. So let me read the list and I'll go through why I made some of the changes. So the chaplain became a librarian. So it's a level two librarian with artificer armor, force axe on a space marine bike. Um, the Praetor, I just basically toned him down a little bit. Um, so it's a Praetor with taken Chagorian Brotherhood. He's got Paragon Blade, Iron Halo, Cyber Cyber Hawk, and Space Marine Bike. Um, I just cut him back for points concerns, basically. So for troops, I kept the two three-man Outrider squads with plasma guns. Here's the thing on these. The plasma gun upgrade on those bikes, I think, is like 25 points per bike or something like that. It's just totally crazy. I think the only time... 
that it's worth doing it is these little three-man squads, and I would only run one or two of them in an army. The little three-man squads, you know, they can come in from outflank, and they're still shooting, you know, six twin-link plasma shots. So if you come in, like, behind a Scorpus Whirlwind or, like, a uh, artillery battery of Medusas, like, in their back line, like, that's a pretty good unit to be shooting at rear armor 10. You know, six plasma shots, you can wreak a lot of havoc. But when you get any bigger than a squad of three, the upgrade cost to switch them all to plasma guns just becomes so insanely high. I just feel like you get a lot of diminishing returns and then that unit is just such an investment. You start losing out on being able to put other things in your army and then if that thing dies, um, then you're just really set back. It's just too many points, essentially. Too many eggs in one basket. So, going back to the list, so uh, I took, you know, the the first troop choice is a three just three outriders, all with twin-link plasma guns. Then another, then a second squad of three outriders, all with twin-link plasma guns. And then a six-man outrider squad. Um, two of them have power weapons. Uh, and then I upgrade one guy to a sergeant, and then the sergeant has a power glaive. So basically the same troops that he had from the stock standard list. Um, for elites, I took the apothecary with the uh, power weapon augury scanner on a space marine bike. Um, and then uh, instead of running uh, the plasma support squad like he had, I swapped those guys over to marksman vets uh, with combi plasma. So it's it's still the 10 guys, but instead of 10 guys with plasma guns, it's 10 guys with combi plasmas with marksmen. The reason I did that is because his squad is 345 points for 10 dudes with plasma guns. Um, if you swap them to veterans... With combi plasmas, you drop those guys all the way down to 260 points. So it's a significant... It's one-time use, but when you look at a unit... Like, if you're going to take 10 plasma guns and drop them down in a drop pod in your enemy's deployment zone, they're going to be one use only regardless because nobody's going to let those guys sit around and continue to shoot. So I figure, why not save points doing it? And then the way most people get rid of shit like that because it's close is they'll just take the unit like you'll usually shoot one unit and kill it and then the other units that are around it will assault in to kill to kill those guys so if they assault into that tactical support squad those guys are only going to fight back with a single attack whereas if you take vets you're fighting back with three attacks a guy and then if the veterans and then if the veterans live for whatever reason see the other nice thing is once you unload all that combi plaz your opponent may leave him alone because they may go, well, he's already fired all his plasma and now all he's left with his bolt guns. Whereas if you drop in the plasma guns and you shoot all those plasma guns, they still know you're going to be shooting them again the next turn. They're immediately going to kill them. So it's it, it, even though it sounds bad that they're only one use, once you fire them, you can still fall back on sniper bolters. So they're still going to be... They're still going to be really good, but they it drops their threat level a lot where your opponent may not pick on them as much. And then if even if they do... They're just they're still better in assault because they're three attacks a guy. Plus you're saving a bunch of points to put firepower elsewhere in the army. And once again, you're not putting all your shit in one basket. You're dispersing it. Um, so then for fast attack, the first atta- uh, first fast attack choice is the same javelin squadron that he had in his other list. So just three bare bones basic javelin javelins. Uh, all three of them have heavy bolters and twin link cyclones. Um, then the second fast attack choice is the anvilist dreadclaw that the uh, 10 veterans with combi plasmas will be riding in. 
Um, and then for the third fast attack slot, he had a lightning in his list. I got rid of the lightning and took four attack bikes with multi-meltas. So instead of running his Praetor in the command squad, I recommend putting that Praetor in with these attack bikes and then also attaching the Apothecary to these attack bikes. The reason that is, I found that those two wound attack bikes are actually more durable than the two plus armor save command bikes. And then when you attach the Apothecary to them with the Augury Scanner, because an attack bike can shoot two weapons... Um, the bolters on the bike are rapid fire and then the heavy weapon is obviously heavy. So when you put an augury scanner in there, they can intercept with both weapons on each bike. Dirty. So it's pretty good. So this is going to be a super durable unit. And those guys actually in combat, we've talked about it before. They're really no slouch because they're, they're two attacks base and then they're armed with an additional hand weapon. So that's three. And then on the charge, they become four. So these four, Attack bikes are still going to be 16 attacks with four Hammer of Wrath attacks on the charge. And then you put the Praetor and Apothecary in there uh, with the Praetor having a Paragon Blade and the Apothecary having the the uh, Power Glaive or whatever. It's, it's pretty formidable in Assault as well as Shooting. Um, for Heavy Support, I left it untouched, except I dropped some War Gear off the tanks. So I have the Sakaran Battle Tank. I just put Dozer Blade and Sponsum Mounted Las Cannons. We've went over a million times on the show why I'm not a huge fan of Armored Ceramite on Sakarans. I just don't think it's needed. I think when somebody shoots Meltas at you in Heresy, it's usually five or more, and them losing the extra dice still isn't going to save you on Armor 12. So you might as well save the 20 points. Um, then for the second heavy support slot, it's just a Sicker Inventor Tank Destroyer. Um, no sponsors on it op- for obvious reasons because it's gun is ordnance and you're just wasting your time because you're having to snap fire anything you put on it. The only upgrade I gave it was a dozer blade. Then, um, if you remember, his last list had that lightning in it that I took out, so you're wondering where his air- anti-air went. Um, with all these points I saved by swapping the command squad over to the attack bikes and dropping the veterans d- or the uh, support marines down to the veterans and all that, for a Lord of War slot, I fit in two, count them two, uh, Avenger Strike Fighters. And the Avenger Strike Fighters both have Battle Servitor, and they both have Kraken Penetrators on the wings. Just saving points left and right. Fuck yeah, dude. Squeezing in two planes. Yep. And I feel like these Avengers, we've, we've talked about it before, I think just head-to-head, I think the Avenger is better than a, on a Lightning. Um, and even if you want to dispute that fact with me, um, this list has two versus the one lightning. So I don't think you can dispute it at all that two lightnings or two Avengers are better than a single lightning. I don't think anybody is, man. I think you're you're solid. Like it's uh, so. It's a so yeah. Basically, it's, it's, it's you, not a one turn glass cannon. You know, one shot glass. Right. Cannon. So if you compare the two lists, um. So instead of a chaplain, I have a librarian. Um, I have a Praetor, just like he had a Praetor. The troops are identical. Um, Lee kept his Apothecary pretty much identical. I swapped the support squad for veterans, so that's kind of the same. Uh, I kept the javelins exactly the same. I kept the anvils exactly the same. And then I swapped the uh, strike fighter for, or I basically swapped the command squad for the attack bikes. So essentially, saving all those points, I squeezed a whole entire extra plane into the list. So it's the exact same number of units that he had before, 
but I feel like I made them a little bit more points efficient, efficient and was able to squeeze almost 200 points out of the list to get that second point. Very cool, man. I'm curious, what is the fluffiest choice for for white scars, librarians? Um, oh, so I would go divination. Um, that was the other thing I wanted to get back to. So a chaplain, if you you know, chaplain gives you um, zealot, which makes the unit fearless, um, and then it also uh, makes you have hatred in the first round of combat. Well, if you take a divination librarian, you're guaranteed to have prescience because it's the primaris power. Well, prescience is um, you get to re-roll all failed to hit rolls. So it's essentially super hatred because hatred only works in assault and it also only works in, in the first round of assault. Whereas prescience will work against uh, for shooting and assault, and if you cast it every turn, it will work every round of a combat you're in. So if you put this librarian, praetor, apothecary, and the four attack bikes all together, this librarian can make those attack bikes multi-meltas be able to re-roll to hit. The twinling bolters are already twinling, so it's not going to help you there. But it, it, you're going to make all those multi-meltas uh, twin-linked, and then all those close combat attacks will also be able to be re-rolled. But you'll be able to re-roll at every round of combat as opposed to just the first. The other nice thing is Prescience has a range on it, so the chaplain can only benefit the unit it's in. So this guy, even though he's attached to the attack bikes, say you have a, another unit that's in combat or another unit that just needs to be twin-linked more. Like, for example, you could cast it on one of the Avengers, the jets, so you could cast prescience on one of the jets and make both its las cannons, both its krakens, and its um, main gun all twin linked for a turn because it's ranged. Good lord, I never even considered fucking twin linked penetrator around. Like, what are they called? Uh, kraken penetrators. Yeah. So it just gives it a little more versatility. You do lose out on the fearless, but I mean, praetors are leadership ten. It's not super critical my opinion the other nice thing about going divination if you so all the powers are good for this type of army basically so if you hit the one that allows you to overwatch at full ballistic skill so think about that you got four multi-meltas and seven twin linked combi bolters in that unit so somebody assaults you and you're all of a sudden firing all of that at full ballistic skill during overwatch and then also gaining counterattack, where all those bikes will be four attacks apiece, and then the Praetor will count as if he's charging, that's pretty formidable. You won't really want to charge that. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of people won't think about that and will charge it, and will uh, learn yeah, real quick. So, that, so, so if you hit, if you hit uh, Forewarning, I think it's, that's what the, that one's called, that's going to be a good power. There's one called Perfect Timing that you cast it on a unit, and that unit all of a sudden ignores cover. So once again, you got the squad driving around with a bunch of multi-melts in it. You could fire it into like something with the jinx save or a vehicle behind cover or whatever, and you're all of a sudden just ignoring their cover. Um, um, that can be pretty good. I can't just remember if that one has a range. Yeah. Do you have your rule book with you? Close. What's that? Yeah, I can get it. What's it got? I was going to say you can look and see if these powers have ranges on them because I, I don't use psychers all that often. I used to use them more. Um, when I played my word bearers quite often, I can't remember which ones have ranges or not. If perfect timing has a range where you can put it on another unit, 
you know, once again, you can cast it on like your Avenger or something like that. Now all of a sudden it's ignoring cover, which can be beneficial. Um, moving forward while you look that up, another good power is the one that gives the Psyker and his unit, uh, or gives a unit that you target the power with a four plus invulnerable save. So that's good with all these bikes because once again, these attack bikes, you could put that four plus invulnerable save on the bikes and now all of a sudden you don't have to jink. Um, if you don't want to. Now we got to remember okay. white scars when they, what'd you say? Oh, so forewarning is a blessing with, uh, that targets a friendly unit within 12 inches. Okay. So there you go. So that's the one that gives you what counter attack and overwatch at full ballistic skill. Uh, that's foreboding. So what uh, does foreboding have is, yeah. So forewarning is the four plus invulnerable save foreboding yep is a blessing that targets a Psyker. So with this power's effect, the Psyker and his unit have counterattack and overwatch using their full list skill. Yeah, so. so that would be the unit only. The 4 plus invulnerable save, you can spread it around, which is good. Um, like I said, you have to, you just have to kind of gamble because most of this army has a 3-up jink because of White Scar bike rules. But if you're like, well, I could get a 3-up jink or I could just settle for a 4 plus invulnerable and then not have to jink and be able to fire next turn at full ballistic skill. It's just something you're going to have to figure out. Um, I believe Prescience has a 12-inch range, correct? The Primaris power? Uh, yes, it's 12-inch range. Yep, so you could cast that, like I said, on one of your jets or throw it on... Um, yeah, that'd probably be your best target if it's not going to be the unit that he's already in, or the jets. Um, a combo I've never considered. Prescience... The other good one? Avenger. The... the the one that you you will absolutely love is um, hitting the. It starts with an M, like misfortune or miss. Yeah, it's, it's a maledict. Yeah. So the cool thing about that one is you target an enemy unit with it, and then everything that hits that enemy unit for the remainder, uh, you know, going until your next psychic phase counts as having the rending special rule. Yeah, so that's twenty four inch range. Yes, so you can throw that on an enemy unit like their Primark Death Star or whatever, and then so you throw that on that unit. Now all of a sudden, have all these twin link bolters on all these bikes, um, the uh, bolt cannons, the Avenger bolt cannons on the planes, the um, like all the chain sword attacks that you have, all your hammer of wrath attacks that you have, all of that stuff gains rending against that unit. Yeah, force multiplier. Um, the other thing that a lot of people don't think of, it's like, so I cast this on, you can cast that on a flare shielded Spartan. And now all of a sudden things like a Laz cannon, when they roll a six, which would normally just be a glance in the front, all of a sudden goes back to being a pin because you're getting an additional D three, which the minimum you can roll is one. So it basically adds your strength back on plus potentially more. Fucking nice dude. Like more stuff I hadn't considered. Like, this is yeah. dropping all sorts of knowledge right now. The other thing is, because rending, once again, it's an additional D3, all these twin-link bolt guns and all these bikes have a potential to hit armor 13 and glance it. Because the max you can normally roll is 10, but then you're getting an additional D3. So, like, let's say somebody has a Leviathan and you're, like, you're late in the game and you're running out of things to deal with it. You throw that power on it. Now, all of a sudden, you know, if you get really lucky with sixes followed by a further five or six, you can start throwing glancing hits on a fucking Leviathan with bolt guns. So it's pretty mm. good. Um, 
Then it, the some of the other ones you can get is uh, Scryer's Gaze, which allows you to re-roll uh, reserve rolls, I believe. It's either add, is it add one to reserve rolls or re-roll reserve rolls? Scryer's Gaze. Uh, re-roll dice when rolling for reserves. Yeah, so what's good about that is, be- obviously, because he has the Avenger Strike Fighters in here, or and he may or may not be outflanking his Javelins or any of these Outriders, if you start with things off the board, that will allow you to get them in faster, or... Because it's re-roll reserve rolls, you can actually use it to delay units as well if you want them coming in later, uh, which sometimes you do want to happen. And then I believe, last but not least, the last power in divination. This is all going off memory, folks. So if I'm getting any of this wrong, um, this is I don't have my book in front of me. I'm using Michael to correct me if it's wrong. But the last one is precognition. Uh, so the thing is on is this uh, on there. But. Yeah, that's the that's the ignores cover one. That we went over. So does it have a range, or is it the unit only that the Psyker's in? Uh, Psyker's only. Okay. So you cast perfect timing, so you could give Ignore's cover to all those uh, multi-meltas, which is still pretty good. Um, So then the last one after that is Precognition. So Precog is good, because you can use it to tank, because it affects only the Psyker that casts it, but the Psyker can re-roll all failed... It just says all failed to hit and to wound and saving throws, correct? Yes. It says saving throws, not armor saving throws, if I remember right. Yes, failed saving throws. Okay, so that means any type. So that means cover, involve, doesn't matter. So what's scary about that, you could put your librarian out in front of all these attack bikes and have precog on him. And then they shoot you, and you can end up with a three-up three, three re-rollable jink save or a two-up re-rollable armor save for that one guy to tank wounds if you need to. And we all know how dumb the shield captain is with his three-up invulnerable. Now, this guy's not near as bad because he's just a two-wound model, and you have to get the psychic power off in order to do it. Um, and obviously, he's not like a million strength 10 power fist attacks and assault and all that shit. And if you hit this guy with something... Um, strength 10 uh, he's not eternal warrior yeah, yeah and all that that being said um, it's still a formidable tool and it's definitely you know nothing to sneeze at. so if you end up with precog you can stick that guy out in front and really make that unit super durable just by tanking all the shooting with that guy dig it you went all out with this list man with explanation and everything like this is like a a new in-depth look at like some stuff that I've never considered before. Well, I'm glad that I hit on some things that we haven't hit on in the past. Maybe it wasn't intentional. It just kind of happened, but I like it, man. I really like, I I really enjoyed like listening to how you would handle this list, like everything about it. Like you, you really went, you really went there, man. A lot of the psychic power stuff that you don't normally talk about. Like this was, I really like this list now. Like, Everything you discuss, like you, you broke down every last bit and way that you could possibly play this list and like how to, how to make it run. I like it. So anyway, I, I, I think I you'll like something. that list. And I, what'd you say? I said I learned something. Learned quite a bit. Oh. Um. So I and I, I don't think I changed it all that much from the original. I kept the core of his list. I just kind of cleaned it up a little bit and uh, gave him some more options. And then to be honest, I feel like adding the attack bikes in over the command squad will actually make the army look cooler as well because it gives you a totally different um, 
unit. It's not just a... I mean, granted, the Command Squad are different from normal Outriders, but on the tabletop, they still just look like Outriders with maybe different shoulder pads and a banner or whatever. So this will actually look like a totally different distinct unit, um, which I think is cool. Um, everything else he can pretty much reuse. He could even take those plasma gun guys if he actually is, if he's really hot and heavy into the change and believes me. And the if he's buying what I'm selling, he could uh, either keep those plasma gun guys and use them for something else and just paint up 10 full new guys. Or he could, what I would do is just break the plasma gun arms off, arms and guns, and just buy some oh, arms off eBay and combi weapons that just magnetize the arms. And then you could you run the unit either way and decide which one you like better and then have the option to do either or without having to paint all new models. Boom. Save your money. Yep. Treat yourself. So then um, I also got, I got in a bunch more. Li- I still have to write the two lists for Alistair. We got another uh, email in from Joshua Jen. Um, we got another Eric Ness. Eric Ness is getting greedy with the lists this week, apparently. Um, and then I got one from uh, Chris, uh, my buddy up from Michigan. He's actually coming down for the event Saturday. I just didn't get time to do these three lists. I've been really busy trying to get things ready for Michigan GT in my event, so I only had time to do a couple lists this week, guys. So, sorry. I will get to you. Um, I didn't see anything in these emails that looked like it was mission critical. Like, I have this upcoming event. What do I do? So... Um, I just kind of sat on them, but I will get them done. You just got to give me a little bit of time. You hear that, boys? He's doing everything he can, and we appreciate well, you, Well, no, no. I was <laughs> selfish. Let's, let's be real. I was selfish and worked on other things other things. than doing these lists. I could have <laughs> got them done, but I really, like, I wanted to build uh, some terrain for myself and a Proteus just because I wanted to. But I will get to these lists, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I needed. I didn't want to go. I needed a break. <laughs> I did want to go ahead and give a shout out to uh, John S. out of uh, Chicago. We did get your email, John. We appreciate all the feedback you left for us, and I'm pretty sure next Adepticon will be swinging by. Uh, what what was it? That mom and pop's pizza store, Dan's Pizza. That's what it's called. Dan's Pizza off of I-35 or I-355, whatever. We definitely will be coming to see you, but we do appreciate the uh, the nice words you left for us on that one. And uh, I'm glad you're you're getting your 30k on. But that's gonna be it for this week, Ryan. That's all of it. It's all done. Next week is gonna I be a... good. I was just gonna say after we get done recording here, I'm gonna go right back to building terrain. Yeah, I'm gonna finish. Fucking, I'm gonna about to wash all the little cracks and crevices inside of this uh inside this dreadnought here but then i gotta go do laundry not looking forward to that but oh dude we got a machine that does that shit you sound like my dad he acts like (laughs) you still have to go out to the fucking creek and do it by hand you put it in a machine (laughs) you hit a goddamn button and then you go back and do whatever you want to do (laughs) thank you for putting that in perspective ryan i'm gonna go do some laundry and then go back to whatever the fuck i was doing (laughs) <laughs> there you go but uh but yeah man killing it next week we'll have some awesome awesome feedback from ryan's event and then we'll also have some feedback from Derek. Derek went to an event this weekend over in san antonio so we're gonna have all sorts of event talk next week so y'all better get yourselves prepared and then as we inch closer and closer to october man 
I feel like we're going to be getting some cool uh, cool voicemails coming in. Just a little hint. So get ready for the voicemails in October, man. Prepare yourself. Okay. Uh, once again, guys, if you do have some lists you want to send in or you do have some emails you want to send us, Michael at Warhammer30k.com, Ryan at Warhammer30k.com. Uh, we also have a voicemail, which is 209-RFI-30K-0 that you can call in, leave a voicemail, leave any sort of stories, anything you like. Uh, we will play them. Shout-outs for events or anything like that, we will play them. Uh, as well, guys, uh, we do have our Facebook page. Make sure you go check that out. If you haven't already, it's just Radio Free Istvan on Facebook. And uh, check that out. We do have a lot of our updates, and we do post quite a bit on there uh, throughout the week. Um... Yeah, that's going to be it. Don't have anything else? No, I don't think I do either. All right. Well, y'all have a good one, guys. Enjoy the music, and we will catch you next week. Later. From the time he was born... The only things he got from growing up were the will to fight and hatred. There was never anyone to love him. No one. That's why I wanted to save him. I thought I could. <laughs>